Welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. I am Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And I am Dana Hernandez. And we'll get to that. But hello, everyone out there, Ghoul Squad land. This is a podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together during a pandemic. And discuss and horror films. Exactly. You got it. Um, and so let me let me explain right off the bat. We're doing something completely different. We probably sound horrible. And why is that, Eric? Why why would we sound uh, so bad? Because we're observing social distancing, goddammit. Uh, we are recording through the Anchor app instead of sitting face-to-face. That's correct. So we're using, like, horrible mics. We're using our cell phones. We're recording on Anchor.fm, which we love. So there, this is great. This is going to make it so easy. I'll probably, I'll probably publish this, like, straight up tomorrow. You guys oh, get wow. money from them? Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. Can, who, who is that? We can I'm monetize. You guys are both like praising them. Are you getting money? Like, are they paying you guys? No, no. I, we just, we just love Anchor, okay. and uh, and we would never, we we would never talk ill of our overlords at Anchor.fm. <laughs> uh, but but first of all, who who is this? Who is talking right now? What is going on? We, we actually Dana. have a guest. This is the first ever guest. That's right, Dana. Hello. Who are you? Um, I'm Eric's friend. <laughs> from, Great introduction, Doc. Uh, <laughs> um, I've never listened to the podcast before. Right. So, <laughs> so a running. Is, I'm so unsupportive. He don't even follow us on social media, and he's I a follow, guest. No, I, I feel like if I tweet at you guys, I, I have to see those somehow. I thought but so, so Dana, Dana is a is a devout non-listener of the podcast. Talk about he's, him he's every episode. Exactly. Yeah, he's a frequent topic on the podcast because he's Eric's best friend, not mine, as as he detailed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Eric's friend. I'm uh, yeah. your friend as well. But... Right. It's a horror podcast. Dana, uh, do you have a favorite horror film? Do you have a favorite horror genre, subgenre? Uh, um, let's go from there. Horror subgenre. Um, I'm gonna have to go with slashers, probably. Okay. Um, oh, you won't fit in here. <laughs> we go with slashers, probably. Um, favorite horror film? I'm probably gonna go with Dawn uh, of the Dead, even though it's not okay. a slasher. Nice. Even though it's not a and you're talking about the Zack Snyder uh, remake, not, not, right? not, not the remake, not the Snyder cut. <laughs> I do not want them to release a Snyder cut. Okay. Um, uh, well, that that's Dana. Well, go ahead, Dana. You got anything else? Um, I was gonna say maybe Sleepaway Camp, second place there. Ooh. More fire. More fire. And just because you like the ending, right? Yeah. And I'm just going to say, the, if you had a top eight on MySpace, I don't know if I'd make it. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I doubt. I highly doubt you would. I don't remember. But to, but to, <laughs> I know Dana was in my top but to, eight, but I don't know about Keegan. <laughs> but, to, but to introduce yourself as Eric's friend, that is quite, that's really quite remarkable, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah. So Dana is Eric's buddy, right? And Dana is a frequent topic on the podcast. We know he doesn't listen. And so essentially we have so many options. We could have, we could have called my brother. We could have called my roommate Wes. We could have called anyone on the planet. We could have called Shane. We could have called on, you know, Kayla. We could have called on, you know, dream warrior. And we called on Dana, Correct. a non-listener of the podcast. Correct. So you're welcome. Everybody out. I would I'd like ask, to give I, one more description of Dana. 
Go ahead. Uh, the, the story I told about the jalapeno poppers fucking us. Is this is that Dana? Yes, this is that Dana. I, I almost got locked in that bathroom after I was shitting so badly. Yes, <laughs> and I was I, I and I couldn't call Andrew for help because his phone was hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker. I wish you would, wow. so everyone could just be like, "I'm shitting in this fucking bathroom and I'm stuck." <laughs> so Dustin Morrow would have heard me. My cries were pain, so I avoided. Yes, he- hello Dustin. Hello Candace, by the way, she's a listener. You so, could have had uh, them on. Yeah, exactly. I could have an actual listener. Somebody that actually cares about us, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from okay. that. Okay. I don't care. We'll move on from Apparently that. Apparently the runtime is like two hours long, aren't they? Sometimes we have What, three. the podcast? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately it is two hours long, Dana. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so anyways, we have Dana on the podcast, and the idea behind this was this is our this is our Corona cast. This is our lo-fi Corona cast. Correct. And uh, we're practicing social distancing. Um, and basically, you know, obviously I will say, you know, obviously it's a serious issue. People are dying. It isn't funny, but of course we're going to make, we're going to make light of the situation. Cause that's the only way we know how to deal with it. Right. Eric? Correct. But of course it is very scary. And so I will ask, like, we'll ask all three of us, Eric. Okay. So, uh, people may not know this out there. I won't, I won't use the, I won't use the phobe word, but I would say Eric is germ averse. adverse. Uh, I'm compulsive with my hand washing. Very germ adverse. Yeah, he he does not like germs in general, aside from this corona pandemic. Um, so Eric, let's get to you first. How is your life affected? You are a mailman. And and actually let me just say this first. You don't even get to talk. So first of all, Eric this was Eric's idea to record separate from each Correct. other. And what what I thought was funny about that was I said, So you don't want to record with someone you know very well, but you deliver mail every day for a living. So Eric. Yes. Ex- explain well, yourself. I don't have a choice in that matter. Of, of uh, I mean, I guess I could fucking quit. But yeah, in, in terms <laughs> of like what I have, my duties with my job and fucking ghoul squad, you know, I, there's a bit more leniency there. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I hate it because I'm more paranoid than I already am. Uh, I never fucking wore gloves, but I've started wearing gloves, which feels like a real waste because I'm just fucking going through them uh, fast as hell. And that pe- were they readily available? No, uh, from, from a the- coworker gave them to me. And and what makes me more paranoid about it is like I'm gonna run out of these like next week probably you know like what am I gonna do after that? Uh, how, par- so how, par- Go ahead. how paranoid do you get when you see packages with uh, Chinese lettering on them? Uh, I feel like I want to blame the customer. <laughs> like, why the fuck are you still ordering this shit? You know what I mean? Uh, well, they might have, with customs they might have ordered it like eight months ago and it's just barely sure. getting here. I guess what 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 I'm more what I'm most paranoid now about is like outgoing mail and like parcel locker keys because that's that's something that the customer must have just touched, but that's stupid because I'm touching every fucking mailbox. Yeah, you're touching everything. That's the thing. Like you're probably touching the most things that like anyone does in the whole town. So good luck. Exactly. And what's and and I got a bottle of hand sanitizer. Uh, also from a a customer of mine, so that's kind of funny. I got my gloves and this bottle of hand sanitizer from a from a uh, customer, and so like I touched something that I deemed dirty, and so I'd want to change those gloves. But my hands are all fucking sweaty, so it's fucking impossible to put on a new pair of gloves, right? Uh, so I've started doing is sanitizing the gloves. Wow, gloves. how do you do that with the hand sanitizer? I, I, I squirt a pump with the gloves on. We keep delivering the fucking mail. Of course you squirt a yeah, pump, Doc. So, uh, I hate it. It's terrible. Um, so what What are you going to do? Are you going to you're going to continue being a mailman during this? Yes. 
Yes, I am. Wow. Well, you're a brave soul. You're doing the Lord's work, delivering everyone's batches of toilet paper. I will I, ask the three of us, I, like, how, what's your I toilet literally, paper situation? I uh, delivered a parcel that the box said 80 rolls of toilet paper on it. And you know what? Oh, 80 rolls of toilet paper is fucking heavy. I bet it is. How, what, what's everybody's toilet paper situation? So here? the weekend it hit Seattle, I was like, this is going to pop off. <laughs> so, so this is gonna pop so, off. So I bought an extra thing, an extra thing of toilet paper, which is like a hundred and let me see how many rolls it is. Thirty rolls, okay. Which, Thirty mega rolls. It's one hundred twenty. So that'll last you about three days. And I bought another thing of paper towels, so I'm good right now. And and Eric, uh, I'm okay. Uh, I went to Walmart last Thursday, and I was able to secure some toilet paper. And uh, Melissa like went to Walgreens at like three in the morning the other night while she was working and also secured them. Uh, so I'm okay on toilet paper at the moment. What I want, yeah, what I, I need is some fucking wet wipes. Keegan, how are you doing on toilet paper? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I accidentally ordered way too much toilet paper right before this pandemic, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm not the most. Uh, I'm not the most. Uh, how how would you say? I don't use very little toilet paper. I use more than usual. You got to be clean, uh, right? So uh, supply is running dry. That's Let me all. Ask you this: you and Ke- you and West have your own bathrooms. Do you guys share toilet paper, or is it just like absolutely okay. not? No, whatever he's have, got, that's his. No. Do you ever hold it? Do you ever and hold I, it until you're at Ben P's house so you don't have to use use your own toilet paper? <laughs> you you use no, Ben because... P's toilet paper. I don't because my brother. Uh, shout out Ben. Hey, how's it going? Uh, he absolutely hates me because he'll he'll be like, "You're gonna use the whole roll." <laughs> like, it's, like it's like like my brother is basically turned into the role of my dad, telling me like things to not do and like things I'm doing wrong. Like I make a wrong a left hand turn he, when I'm not he supposed is to. The adult get... out of you guys, of, of you too. <laughs> That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, shout out, Ben. Uh, obviously, I love... Yeah, I will say, uh, I think Ben's going to be jealous that Dana is the first guest along with Eric. Uh, but I, I actually already called my brother and apologized to him. Uh, I'm sorry, so we're good. Yes. Uh, he'll be on eventually. And that and that's the thing. You know, who knows how long this ends and, up and going on. And I'll never on. listen to it, so... It was, right, it was that's exactly right. You'll never hear it. it. it was a, like, yeah, yeah. I'm on the Ghoul Squad. Yeah, I'll Check retweet. me out. <laughs> I'll, I'll retweet. To, to how many followers, Dana? Like four? Um, I think I have like 200 followers. Okay. Wow. Okay. I used to be a big deal. He used to be a MySpace monster. Well, I used to be a MySpace monster. Yeah. That's right. He used to promote shows in Carlsbad. So, like, you know how everybody had local scenes? Uh, let's just call it the scene. Back in the day in your small town. Well, yep. that was Dana. Dana basically ran that in our small town. I ran that shit. Dana was also yeah. uh, the vocalist with me in prom night. Oh, I forgot so about that. Like, so you guys talking you... about prom night on here? Of course. Uh, well, it's our theme song, Dana. Jesus yeah, Christ! I wouldn't know. Am our, I getting royalties theme, for that? Our, our theme uh, well, song is, is clearly we'll back off. So that's me and Dana that you're hearing. I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten. That's right. To that. So I, I'm gonna have to. Hey, no. Hasn't either. <laughs> I'm gonna have to... You know what? You know what? We haven't gotten a cut for to, anything. I'm gonna write so... up the cease and desist letter. <laughs> well, go ahead and see what happens. No, I'm just kidding. Letter on that. Yeah, so Dana is the, uh, he was part of Prom Night Girls as well, which is our theme song. That, uh, yeah, I, I guess we should end the corona talk. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, Wait, Eric is employed I'm through the, in go how ahead. has this affected you guys? Dana, you work in, you're, you work in a fucking police headquarters. What are you dealing with? Um, I mean, all they did. 
Is it like Die Hard they, over there? Or they locked their front door yesterday. Oh, barely? So, yeah, barely. Like, and, and wouldn't let you out? No, they would let me out. But the no, public should have locked public... that shit two weeks ago. I know, but they don't care. They don't believe in it. They think the coronavirus is a hoax. Jesus. So, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, God. Um, is it not? Uh, maybe. It might be a Chinese hoax. I feel a lot <laughs> hey, better about it if it was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of wish it was, a, but I, I, it does. Five G internet started and it caused the coronavirus. I think I think we just hit a thousand deaths in America, so I, I'm not sure it's a hoax. But <laughs> it's through it's through five G internet. <laughs> Have you not seen that conspiracy? Uh, and as far as my my job, you know, so I work in the oil field, and uh, the governor announced that uh, of New Mexico announced that non essential workers can't go to work. And of course, I open the list and it says oil and gas refining are essential workers. And I was like, well, so we're just still yeah. going. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's something I think about when driving out every day to the oil field. I'm like, man, I feel like like I was driving out yesterday and there's people I know in this town that lost their jobs already. And so it is kind of I mean, it really is, you know, not to get serious, but it is scary. And, you know, that I mean, hell, that could happen to me tomorrow. I don't know. So. I hope not. And I, I feel lucky to still have my job. Um, and I don't, I'm not in contact with as many people like you are, Eric. So like, I just feel really lucky. I still have my job. So, you know, not to get serious, but it's just crazy. Like it's, I, I know people that lost their right. jobs. Like that's why. I suppose uh, we're, we're lucky that we have steady income, but he thought would be okay. If I yeah. was, that's, what, what, what are you going to blow your uh, Trump check on? <laughs> since, since Eric? You have a steady income still. Uh, I, Oh. I guess since we were just talking about uh, pre-ordering a uh, uh, an Xbox X, how about that, huh? Yeah, uh, I hope that isn't delayed. But obviously, you know, at least or worse. <laughs> right. But uh, <laughs> I hope it's not delayed. We should also talk. I mean, like, like uh, so. Last weekend, I was gonna. I had plans to go to El Paso to see A Quiet Place Part Two in IMAX, and movies are gone. Yeah, it's come out already. Yeah, last weekend, dog. Yeah, it was. We should. Yeah, last weekend. Quiet Place Two. Damn, that could have been one of the things you reviewed, so, even though I wouldn't have been invited if <laughs> things were still normal, I'm sure. Well, I was going to say, if things were still normal, not only would you not be invited, but we probably just wouldn't have even done the podcast. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> How long was it since the last podcast? At least a month, right? Uh, Yeah, it was like January 7th. Okay, that's so not normal. Two months. Yeah, about two months. We might as well just start saying every two yeah. months. So I should say we never even talked about what 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 are we doing on this episode? So, so it's been so long. You just said how long it's been. So this is just a catch up episode. But uh, the three of us want to review uh, the Invisible Man, the Hunt, and Dana has come up with a segment uh, that he would like to do. That's right. You know what? Before we get to that segment, I forgot. <laughs> I have one thing. One thing at the top of the show. One housekeeping okay. bit. And this is, I met a listener of ours, and I didn't tell you about this, Eric. So I went to Las Cruces, New Mexico a couple weeks ago, and uh, I went, well, actually about a month, two months ago, I went for a basketball game. Go Aggies, New Mexico State. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm so happy we have Dana on this podcast. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, I went to a basketball game and I go into Best Buy and I literally, so I'll I'll explain what happened, but I, I walk into Best Buy with my buddy, Joe, who doesn't listen either. Shout out, Joe. And we, we walk over to the Blu-rays, and I'm standing there looking at the movies, and I just hear, excuse me. And I was like, uh, excuse me. And I look over, I'm like, what? Because someone's talking to me. And I was like, yeah? And he goes, are you the ghoul squad? <laughs> really? <laughs> 
And he said, are both of you? And I was like, well, he's not. And I just felt stupid. I was like, but I am. I'm, so, so I'll tell you, it's not as crazy as it sounds, but it's still wild, Doc, because we don't, we don't have that many. Sure, we got seven. Um, right, exactly. And shout out to all of them. Uh, anyways, this is Jason. And uh, Jason is he, – he, so he works at Best Buy. And I have a buddy, Jared, uh, that's friends with Jamie, and I, I'm friends with them. I'm friends with him through Jamie. Uh, he's actually in Jamie's band, Jamie Lucas's band, uh, Earth okay. Brothers. One of his band members works at Best Buy, and I guess he told his coworker about it. But still, I walk in, and somebody's like, are you Ghoul Squad? I'm like, huh? Um, so anyways, shout, the whole point of this is shout out Jason at Best Buy and Las Cruces for saying well, thank you up. for listening. Um, yeah, thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. He didn't it, invite you back to his place? Uh, unfortunately <laughs> not. I didn't get his number, and I didn't get to first, first base, and he didn't let me pass well. go. So... Uh, anyway, shout out to Jason, and I think that's it for our pleasantries. But as Eric was alluding to, we have a segment at the top. So Dana, take it away. Okay. So uh, when Eric asked me, Eric texted me, "Do you want to be on the podcast?" And I said, "Sure," with two conditions, or no, one condition that I could have my own segment. And the segment is, "What is your favorite snacks for a movie, at home and at the movies?" Listeners, uh, you can tweet us. Tweet, tweet the ghoul squad with what your favorites are or at Dana Andrew 23 follow <laughs> subscribe and like uh, retweet, retweet comment like share um so uh Eric you want to get started with that sure absolutely when we go to the theater uh here in Carlsbad my favorite fucking thing is the Starburst liquid gum those things are the fucking best but it's a fucking gamble because sometimes they've already popped in the bag and you're just going to have a mess of <laughs> uh, fucking sticky fingers, whatever the fuck you're going to watch. I often get them as like a sleep reserve. Like if I'm going to start passing out, it's time to start eating fucking Starburst liquid gummies. And at home, just go classic, just fucking popcorn. But I feel like you're a, I feel like you're a popcorn eater at the movies too. I am. And according to you and Melissa, I'm a very loud uh, have, have, have you not told your have I have you not told the Ad Astra story? I've not told the the Ad Astra story. Uh, okay. <laughs> go so, ahead, so Eric. me, Melissa, and Dana. We go to watch fucking Ad Astra, and you know what? I liked it, but it's fucking, in my opinion, Astra is fucking slow and dry as hell. And he dog was just on the verge of passing out, so I thought I better go get him. It's it's, it's a very quiet film. It is a very quiet film, right? So E dog. It's very it's very melancholy. I agree. You get a bag of popcorn. So I'm just like getting you. <laughs> during that astro i'm just getting at this popcorn and then when the film ends both melissa and dana were like you were eating that so fucking loud and i had no idea uh that i was a loud popcorn. what it literally eater. sounded like is like like a cartoon when they like have somebody eating and they have to make the noise like exaggerated so kids are like oh they're eating <laughs> it sounded like a soundboard. why did you guys tell me to stop well, I like—I feel like I looked at you a couple times, <laughs> but you were still just going like nom 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 nom. Um, I know. Duh, you should do that. You should do that during I Quiet know, Place too. Duh. Another film. I was getting it one time, and Melissa like gave me the what. But you know what? I guess I'm just a lot popcorn eater. But it's weird because you don't like wow. snack when you eat other things. It's just popcorn. It's just like. It's just popcorn that you're very loud eating. Well, what's funny is uh, for Christmas, Melissa got me a hand vacuum cleaner. And uh, 
Not only am I a loud popcorn eater, I'm a messy popcorn eater. Though. I'm constantly vacuuming the fucking couch of popcorn. Now, I've seen you with crumbs and shit all over your shirt before. E dog's so messy I know, eater, I, know I guess. Yeah. E dog's better than so. all this episode, huh? I'm hand washing. The, the day I met E dog was at a Wendy's. And he. And it was the worst he, day he, of your like, life. Had put a bunch of ketchup on like his wrapper of his burger. And he was like <laughs> dipping it in the burger. And he was literally like covering his whole face in ketchup. It was a, ketchup. It was a spicy chicken sandwich. And the ketchup, you know, kills the spicy, keeps the taste. So I was drowning that shit in ketchup. All right, son. Okay. All right, so, Larry David. Uh, Keegan. Yes. <laughs> so Keegan's favorite. Yeah. So at the movies, I like to get, uh, here at least in town, I get okay. Reese's Pieces. Um, and a monster, if I can sneak it in. Always a monster with a movie. And then at home, either just plain Reese's and a monster. Or... Uh, you know, if my brother and I watch a movie, we'll usually go to Allsup's nice. and get burritos. Uh, Allsup's is our local uh, shithole gas station. The best burritos. That makes basically, <coughs> basically little burritos that are like pre-mixed vomit. Um, and I get the two beef and bean burritos and some taco sauce oh, and a monster. So and uh, fire up a Blu-ray in the afternoon. It's the greatest I, feeling. I put- Greatest I put feeling mustard ever. on the burritos. You put mustard on the burritos. Ew. Yes. That's disgusting. So I, I would have never thought of that. Okay, so Dana. Dana, what is your uh, uh, treat of theater, choice? Um, I go with gummy bears or Twizzler, Twizzler, of course, or Twizzlers of course. and Red Vines. Um, at home, I either go I go with, I go with a Haribo gummy. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on my mood, I'll, you know, I'll go with the colas or the cherries or the peach rings. Uh, or I'll go with a, a fancy chocolate, like a something with an orange zest or a ch- dried chocolate cherries or something fancy. Treat myself. I'll wow. Treat myself. Like ninety, like like a ninety-seven percent cocoa yes. bar. And and one thing about Dana, wow, he won't just drink a Coke or a Dr Pepper. It's got to be some like bullshit, like peach, lemon, diet Sprite, and and he never gets the same thing twice. You gotta, you gotta try the craft soda. Dana loves you know, we, uh, uh, we, sticking his toe in the pool when it comes to soda. <laughs> Keegan likes the craft beer. I like the craft soda. I, I'm with you. Yeah, I like, like the craft beer. We went to Albertsons to watch the Watchmen finale. I want more of that soda. We got grape. We got new grape soda and new grape, like new metal, <laughs> and it was great. Have you had a swamp? Pop, yes, Dana? delicious. Oh, Swap Pop is so good. That, that It's in 10 Chlorophyll Lane, which is why I bought it. And that's, that shit is so good. It was like a tie-in with the so, movie or like it already existed prior to the film? It, well, it that's existed prior to the film, but they shot in Louisiana and that's where it's from. Wow. So they bought it and that, that's in his cellar. So they drink it through the whole movie. And then uh, for the viral marketing, they, I guess, got in with Paramount and did like they put on their website, you could buy a Swamp Pop survival kit. And it was like $50,000 and it was like a barrel of Swamp Pop or something. It was like a viral marketing. Uh, recently, I've been drinking Liquid Death. It's just simply canned water. And uh, they currently have a sell on, on their website. If you buy at least five cases, uh, like if you're buying in bulk, it's cheaper. Last night, I ordered seven. And who has to, and who, wow, who has to for... deliver that? Uh, hopefully not me. <laughs> UPS. I, I hope UPS, yeah. So, when uh, have you have you ever thought about being a UPS or a I FedEx did. driver? I have. 
I, I, I applied at both of those places before I got hired on at USPS. I know uh, somebody uh, high up at FedEx. But Here's I don't know what's if I tight. Recommend they you, finally canceled signatures uh, with the mail. Yeah. Thank so we, God. Like, we still have to go to the door. We still have to say, like, we have a certified for so-and-so. But once we've, like, established contact, we sign for it. We sign for that. So thank God I'm not handing do, do out you, my fucking scanner nice. Do you even do that part or you just drop it? And I do. I and we're not supposed to ring the doorbell anymore because the idea is other people may have touched the doorbell. So we're supposed to knock on the door somewhere where we think somebody may have not have already knocked, stand six feet back, and then um, wait for so, them to come. So do the you got to knock at the bottom of the door? I, I usually go for an uh, upper corner or, or for like a wall when I'm knocking. We truly are living in the end times, though. You have to you have to find a spot on the door to I knock that no one's. Like, I mean, I hate, wow. I hated doing. I bet you do, duh. Signatures, but I'll fuck. I'll go to your door now because I ain't got because you ain't got a sign for it anymore. Duh, you won't come to my door. You won't even record a podcast with me. I the fucking person's house. <laughs> I know, duh. All right, what else? So, what, yeah. anything else at the top, Danny? Oh, I was going to say, uh, speaking of tie-in sodas. Whenever uh, Ghostbusters, the uh, the female Ghostbusters came out. Oh, Echo, yeah. <laughs> I, I had purchased five cases of Echo Cooler. I'd seized How fast did you go so, through it, though? No, I, I mean, it took like a month and a half, okay. two months, maybe. The, that stuff, like, wasn't good. It I was, was really delicious. disappointed. What are you talking about? I, I drank it. Uh, well, I, episode, for whatever. Yes, yes. Uh I don't know, like if if something's in a can and it's not carbonated, I, it gives me the. This willies. podcast has been on that long. The shop was still uh, open. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That was fucking five years this ago, Doc. Are... God, thank God, you, Dana. Man. I want to see. I thought this was like a year what? old, two years old. Now? All right, so I just I just removed Dana <laughs> from the the episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. That is a, so. You, how many episodes do you guys have? Uh, thirty. Damn. This will be thirty-eight. Really? In five, in five yes. years, you only recorded well, I mean, it's my fault. <laughs> we It's not your fault, though. It's also my fault. And now we can blame the global pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk movies now. So, so it, it's safe to say this is, yeah, let's talk horror movies, but this is our first global pandemic episode. I prefer if it was the last. Uh, there, was, there, there, was, there, was an earth, there was an earthquake in town today. There, there was, oh, there yeah. Was, you know, at the beginning of the month. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel that the, the earthquake. I felt, I, I felt the earthquake, Doss. I bet you did. I bet you were sliding around <laughs> in your chair. I, 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 <laughs> I, I could just I, see I, it, I thought, I thought a, a large truck was going by, and then someone was like, that was an earthquake, and I was like, oh, Do you remember the other night when uh, you and I went to Starbucks with Andrew? I got pulled over yeah. that night by, by a cop. Uh, officer, the officer said really? I was speeding, and I ran a stop sign. And in her defense, I did both of those things. And yeah, did you really? And, and, and you know, I'm in my red cobalt, and the fucking driver's side window doesn't roll down. So as she's approaching the door, yeah. I start to open it, and she's like, "Stay in the car." And I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> but this window doesn't roll down, and I guess I just because before I know it, there's four or five other fucking cops. Duh, they remove me from the fucking car, and then. You're, you're, Are you serious? You not this, this is a true before. fucking story. This just happened, you know, the other night. So, you know, of course... That was like two weeks and, ago, though. Well, I told Andrew. And so, uh, 
um, you know, and they, you know, she asked me for my license and registration. And I've already given that, and it's taking like forever for them to run it. So they like they tell me to get out of the car, and this officer is like standing with me, like as if I'm going to like get arrested. He, he, he's like guarding me essentially, yeah. And whenever he does. He fucking shakes my hand, and I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking shake this cop's hand. You know, of all people to shake hands with, and why would he be doing that anyways? This motherfucker's pulling over anybody and everybody. He just, what, shakes everybody's fucking hands? So after like 10, 15, yeah, 20 fucking I, minutes, I mean, we're already in the pandemic, Don. This motherfucker's shaking hands? The ghoul squad proudly supports uh, our boys in blue. <laughs> Uh, no. So after 10 fucking 15 minutes of uh, them taking forever, fucking four or five cops all asking me my fucking name, I get a warning. Uh, a warning. Yep. Nobody, does nobody, did none of them remember the Hoff name from when your brother Fortunately were, not. Fortunately, I didn't get that. Is your older brother Jeff? No. They're all young. <laughs> That's fucking like the, like the yeah, guard was fucking watching one. me. Uh, he literally said this. Uh, he goes, yeah, that car you have? I used to like to pick them in, in the Need for Speed games. <laughs> told me that. You talking about video games. We were like, oh, yeah, I like yeah, Halo. It was fucking... It was ridiculous. All right, so as Eric said earlier... Let's talk fucking movies. You want to talk movies? <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, I should say that we talked uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 being delayed. So Spiral is now wow. delayed. Saw 9. Is that coming out Who now? Knows? It, it's just delayed indefinitely now. I think what yeah. I'm, I'm hurt most about is the new so that I don't, uh, I'm going to be hurt. Don't, if don't you say a, you don't give a fuck about Bond, Doc. I say I don't give a fuck, fuck about Bond, Fuck you, Doc. Fuck you. <laughs> I haven't seen a Bond since the Die Another Day, yeah, Fucking up, G. Like ninety. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be really hurt if uh, this affects Damn. Halloween. Obviously. Let's hope. Let's fucking hope, Doc. This is but... going on for another goddamn. <laughs> I agree, and of course, you know, bigger issues sure, at foot. Exactly. But we like movies, so. So, so with that, with all of that being said, let's talk some new big releases, huh? Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk Blumhouses. We have two Blumhouse films yeah. that actually released early. One is uh, one is about uh, a witty woman being terrorized, and the other is the Invisible Man. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk Invisible uh, Man no, first. So, so can I? Uh, I? I don't know the format. So, can I talk spoilers, or do I have to wait? Uh, not spoilers on this episode. No, I mean, it's been like a month already. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so we could talk vague. You know, vague. You got to talk around it. You you can sort of spoil it, but we don't spoil the. And the I have I have a hot film. take. I, I don't believe in spoilers. Oh great great! You're perfect <laughs> for this podcast. I'm so happy. I don't believe in spoilers. I think they're dumb. I, I, oh, I if somebody told me the ending of a movie right now, I'd be like, cool. I feel like you sound like Devin uh, Faraci right I'm now. Who's Devin Faraci? <laughs> no. Uh, well, if we had all night, Dana, we would debate. The validity of spoilers. We don't. We don't have let's, all that. Let's talk. Lee Wanell's fucking the invisible man. <laughs> let's talk. Okay. Horror done, movies. Can we set it up? All right. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, set it up, Doc. So wait, wait, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Eric, 
What is the Invisible Man? Uh, you know what? It is. Uh, prior to watching this new Invisible Man, I watched the original film, and I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, both wow. films are about an invisible person. I also watched Hollow Man just because uh, I'm, I was excited for for the new film. Um, you know what? The new film really has very little in common with uh, the original. But so the new film is about a woman who's in an incredibly abusive relationship with a man who is a top scientist in the field of optics. Uh, she successfully uh, literally runs away from this man and she learns two weeks later that uh, he has killed himself. But she shortly uh, she soon starts getting terrorized by something that she cannot see. Amazing, Eric. Who wants to go first? Let's hear it, Dane. I'll let Eric go first. You let's hear it, Doc, okay, you're, you're, you're the one yeah, who's going let's... to differentiate from Keegan and I. Um, anything, oh, no. no. I, liked I liked it. I liked it. Um, so I've, Elizabeth Moss, great performance. Mm-hmm. Best part of the film. Um, my my qualm with this film, I go with my qualm off that. Is that so? The, so <laughs> Did you look that up in a thesaurus so, so, today? So the brother and uh, the abusive yes. boyfriend, Adrian, um, Adrian, are uh, very nerdy people. But in the action scenes, you can even see in the trailer, they are throwing people, punching, knocking out people. They fucking people up. They fucking people up. But yes. but they are very nerdy, nerdy people. And that is my qualm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if if you want us to speak to that first, yeah, like I saw that on Twitter because um and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that if people have like logic problems that that's that they're idiots. I am saying that. <laughs> but uh no, I'm just kidding. But uh you know, it just wasn't something I thought about. Like, obviously, it's a, he's a little bit God mode, right? Like, he can a little bit kind of fuck everyone up, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I feel like in the in the context of the film, it's like he's invisible. So if you're fighting an invisible force, it would be hard to fight. Now, I will say he, like, throws people and shit. I, but I will say he's a big guy. And, like, when he throws Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss is 5'3". I understand. But so, it's like he's Thanos. And fighting the Avengers for sure, for sure. No, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I like you think, Eric? Um, I liked it that eventually, um, he you know he's a he's an invisible force, but eventually there's some tactility to him, and I really like that because it made him feel more like a monster. And I guess that's the way I went into this film was expecting a monster film, and so I was glad that we got to see. <laughs> I know it's the Invisible Man, uh, but we got to see some type of presence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I already tweeted about it, and you know, welcome. You know, my name is Keegan Preslak, and I love the Invisible Man. Um, you know, I said it was pure cinema at times, and I feel like to me, like those, I go to the movie. This is why I go to the movies, right? Like when when you have scenes that are like purely a visual sequence with no dialogue there's several dialogueless scenes and then they're just filled with score or not filled with score and if you've seen the film you probably know what i'm talking about my first favorite things in the movie are when elizabeth moss is just staring off into the distance um i love that i love when characters in movies are like looking at something that we know about but maybe other people in you know like we're, we're seeing it through their eyes and i love i i love people looking into okay. voids in rooms um 
you know, this is very popular in like Nicholas Winding Refn films. Um, this is very popular in Conjuring films, right? Like just looking into a corner of a room and nothing's there, but they're saying something's there or that, or the film is implying that. I love that. I love Descents into Madness. But then of course, which I can't, like Dana was talking, I really can't spoil, but like once it finally, he sort of like revealed himself and then he starts attacking um, Elizabeth Moss, like invisible. It's really, really low fi Yeah, that's what I told but Eric. The way, yeah, the way, the way it's like the way how lo-fi physical, and then the mixed with the score, like to me that shit is just pure cinema because you couldn't you couldn't explain that in a book, you couldn't explain that, you know, through voice that can only be shown on the screen with that score. And those that like, you know, I think about the end of Annihilation, which no one knows it gives a fuck about, but um this reminds me of that. This score combined with this action and the way it looks and the way he looks. And uh I guess I can't say how we see him, but we eventually see the invisible man in certain ways, like Eric was saying. And just the way he's like I think I can say he phases in and out a couple times through the film. And that shit is just like I was like, oh, was oh so fuck, good, yeah. this is so awesome. Like it it's very I'll I'll shut up here in a sec, but it's very rare. And when it happens, it happens that I have like a smile on my face and I'm grinning ear to ear and it's, it's, it's a involuntary response. And this movie does that to me. Like, I, I, I think it's so fucking awesomely shot and I love the score. I'll shut up for a second. I, I what do you, feel what, like what do you guys think? It does a good job of like shooting like simple action scenes. Um, just like specifically thinking about upgrade, but then there's like a sequence where he's just kind of like fighting uh, fucking security guards, and all of that was really fucking uh, done well as well. Yeah, and then I I would also bring up um you know there's several scenes where like the camera will linger and it'll pan to play to empty room and then pan back, um just implying someone could be there, but it's just building tension and, and right. a lot of scenes there's not even somebody there. Um, I love that stuff, Dana. What what do you um, think? Yes, I have to agree with that. Um, what was cool is the sequences, like at the beginning, when she, you really don't know what's going on yet. Like, I mean, you know, it's an invisible man because you've seen the trailers and all that. But like, it might be like a ghost. They're kind of giving that vibe mm-hmm. that maybe there's a ghost in here. It actually is like a dead spirit, like that kitchen scene, and uh, when the when she's like cooking, right? And it catches fire. And so yes. So that was yeah, that was really cool. Uh, so you're like, because you're like, maybe there's a spirit in here, and it's not really like a. Uh, you know, something that caused him to become invisible. Uh, also, the scene when she's like uh, in sleep, uh, excuse me, when she's in bed with, uh, uh, she, so she's staying with a oh, friend. The blanket gets pulled off. Yeah, her. yeah, that was like really creepy as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that almost seems like from the book of James Wan. Like a lot of this film seems like, because it, it, it has almost conjuring esque sequences where like, I don't know if you remember in the first Conjuring film, there's one of the little girls is sitting on her bed. Well, number one, she gets the covers pulled off her. Number two, she's like looking in the corner of the room yeah. behind the door. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and th- this has like shades of that throughout the whole film. Um, and then there's like, oh, oh, sorry. I'm thinking of more stuff. Um, I think I've realized that like what I get my rocks off on in horror is what I would call like, I- I've always called them sequences of terror but they don't have to be that scary. And in this, 
I kind of realized I like set pieces more. Like films built around you, set You do very pieces. much enjoy set pieces. Yeah. Oh, well, why oh, do you say that? I, I saw your Twitter or your tweet about uh, the Star Wars uh, scene with the Red Room. And that's oh, yeah. Much a oh, set yeah. Piece it's scene. a fire-ass set piece. Yeah. It is. It is. I'm not saying yeah, I it's think... not. I'm just saying it's a set piece scene. And, and and I don't know I don't know if that if that love for me comes from just my Spielberg That's probably love, Spielberg like, love. because Spielberg Spielberg loves uh, set piece right because he would always have these sequences that would start with like a lot of times no score and just be a full extended sequence and then you'd go back into the story um, anyways yeah set piece horror like just any of it if there's set pieces like because you know the film will build 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 and then boom one long set piece and then finally another scene you know what I mean. Um, you guys yeah, often love that say shit. that a film needs to breathe, and I agree with that. But oftentimes, E Dog just wants set piece after set piece after set piece. E Dog just wants a pound, pounded, pounded, pounded. E Dog, E Dog, E Dog loves a E-dog. chase film. E Dog needs eighty minutes of pure action. Correct. You know, and and I like that too. But I will say, like. My 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 counteraction to what you just said for this film, because you know this is this is two hours long, um, would be how much we care about the characters, how much we care about Elizabeth Moss, and how much we care about which we'll talk about vaguely her sister and the the people that she's living with. Um, we get we get a sense of these people. We care about them. So when things get wild, right. we really give a shit. Um, and of, and of course we all know that that's simple, but you know. Okay, we're gonna talk the hunt. There are no characters in the hunt, right? right? It's just a fucking There's bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah, and we don't even know who she is. It's pointless. I mean, the whole thing is pointless. <laughs> I, I'm surprised um, to hear you say that. Just because we'll, we'll get to that. Wrote it. Um, I guess if I had a nitpick uh, with the Invisible Man, is I guess I'm a fucking idiot. And like, I had trouble following some of uh, the characters' relationships. Like when she moves in with a friend, was that a former boyfriend? Uh, was that her? Yeah, Eric and I. Was that her sister? And I discussed that Former boyfriend. Film. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, who was the who was the the friend's daughter? Who was that man? Right. Exactly. And then, like, I had trouble distinguishing. Okay, well, who was the Invisible Man when? You know, in 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 scene A and scene B and scene C. And I don't know. Maybe that was just me being a fucking dummy. But I felt like all of the characters' relations mm-hmm. weren't clear cut. No, they don't establish anything. Yeah, you, sure. You yeah, totally. But that's not the that's not like deal breaking. Even the beginning scene, you just you just get dropped into it. Right. You know what I mean, you don't see her getting abused. You just see her trying to run right. away. Um, and you guys know me. You know, I I say the same shit every movie mm-hmm. I like, but visual storytelling, right? I I absolutely love the opening scene, which is all just visual storytelling. No one speaks, and we we know everything we need to know about her relationship to. Uh, you know, her husband and like, you know, we see birth control in her bag. We see uh, the, the, the fucking diazepam. Exactly. The diazepam and the sleep. And, you know, it's all visual storytelling to explain it. And her I love kick, that. Her kicking Absolutely. the bowl. Do, do you guys also think that with, I mean, I mean, I think he can just hit the nail on the head with the visual storytelling that it fills us in. But then do you guys also feel like just with the current climate, like we don't need to be told that she's being abused? Uh, that I is mean, there, is there a climate sense. of abuse right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Um, and you know, of course, if we want to talk the the timeliness, right. that's what you're getting at. Like, I mean, then of course, what the film is actually about, which is like, 
victims Correct. are never believed, right? So the whole film, she's saying, right. I'm being abused. I'm and, being and abused. She's adding abused. Even more Everyone's blaming. The fucking invisible man. Right. And then every, everybody's blaming her, right? And they're they're telling her not Pops to come. Off, you know, and she's she still crazy. Gets blamed she's, for it. Exactly. And I, and I'm, you know, it's pretty clear cut. It's not like okay. it takes a genius to see it, but okay. I do love that as well. Of course. We love the timeliness issues as well with uh, the invisible man. So can we say that? It, have, have you, have you, have you guys watched Mad Men before? Mad Men? I have, but she stars in it. I was, I was going to say, no. Yeah. Elizabeth. Well, she doesn't star, but she's a, a, a lead character. She's a returning character. She's in that. She's a lead. Well, she's like the, she's like the main character of, uh, right. uh I've never seen that. Style, right? Um, so before we, we move off this and we can't spoil Dana, it, I'm yeah. sorry, Dana, Go ahead. but I will say there will not be, mark my words, there will not be a better moment in cinema this year than Hold the on, dinner dog. scene in this movie. Hold on, dog. There's a, did you see the club Go, chase scene in ahead, Bad Boys for Life? I'm being fucking serious, dog. <laughs> well, hey, did you, what was that movie with, uh. I don't even remember what the fuck that's called. The, the fucking hourglass. What was that movie called? What? The fucking that horror movie we saw oh, with Tim Wolfhard. No, that movie was the terrible. Turning. The Jesus turning. Christ. That movie was awful. Any last episode? Okay, good. We did. I wouldn't want to talk it again. But he, I feel like Edog. No. Was like, that wasn't bad. No, 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 no. When oh we no, left. you're right. I was like, Edog's the king of that. Wasn't bad <laughs> for seventy-five minutes of that film. I was on board. You were on board with the SNL version this? of Finn Wolfhard? I like the turning more than the fucking grudge. You're crazy, Doc. Well, I didn't see the grudge. You're crazy, You're crazy. The grudge, The grudge wasn't good. So, the turning bad? As bad as the turning. <laughs> the, you know, obviously I'm saying a hyperbolic statement, right? We Halloween Kills comes out this year. I mean, look, I get it. But there's not going to be an, a, another moment in cinema this year quite like the dinner scene where she meets her sister at a dinner place with a crowd full of people. Silly banter and with the waiter. something occurs. And it is so awesome. It is one of the most shocking, exciting moments in cinema that I've ever seen in a theater. Loved it. Love uh, it. Can, can I spoil <laughs> Midsommar? Does that, does that matter? <laughs> like the movie's like, we're, we're going go ahead, go ahead, Dana. Spoilers. Slight spoilers yeah. for Midsommar. So, so, Go ahead. Slide spoilers for Midsummer coming. So, up. Uh, when they were jumping off the cliff, did you think that was more shocking or this? Oh, scene? great question! Oh, this scene. No, question, no question. Y'all. This scene. Really? No. I'm oh, gonna... yeah. Because as soon as as soon as they go up on the cliff, I was like, okay, cool. They're gonna push them off. I, I, I. I that was pretty easy. To, I mean, look, how, oh, it's a cult film. Like, how about people this? are gonna I was get more surprised the with the Invisible Man, but I was more shocked with Midsummer. Because it doesn't just happen once. It happens I, I, twice. I just... And then one of them's still alive. Yeah, they, they bash his fucking head in. How do I, how do I put this? Somewhere. How do I put this? Midsummer is set up as a R-rated, fucked okay. up cult horror movie, yeah. right? This is Lee Winnell going to Universal and Blumhouse and being like, hey, we're going to make an Invisible Man movie. And this happens midway through it. And your audience is like, we're going to put this out in thousands That's of screens. Homes. And it's like a commercial film. You know what I mean? Like, it just blows my mind that he was, he, like, I don't know, it's ballsy. I love uh, it. I guess I, I will it. say I, I paid, I, I paid the $20 to oh, watch Oh, nice. Oh, I, I, I did it as well. I watched it. I rewatched it on uh, Monday night. Your dog did not. 
I regret that we went to go see the hunt in theaters, knowing that I could have just watched it at home like the next week. So, but before we move on to the hunt, can we say that the new Invisible Man is Ghoul Squad approved? Dana, you yes, you giving it the stamp of approval. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it is a it is a Gold Manor Collective approved. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Dana does, is not even a listener of the podcast, but so three, he doesn't count. It is approved through my uh, channels. <laughs> through my channels. <laughs> Yeah, three thumbs up. I mean, you know, if I could gush about it more, I love shit that's pure cinema. This has several, <laughs> you know, and I guess, I, I guess, I guess we got to the root of it, Dana. It's it's set pieces. I love horror that's driven around set pieces. Love it. So, so with that, that's the invisible man. Right? Like, do you guys have like music between like segments or anything like that, or no? So, so we do, but we're not, oh, and I should say, we're not going to do any of that. This is all going to be lo-fi okay. as hell. And I forgot to say, we're going to play people's recordings Mi at the end of the fucking la. podcast. Uh, Shane Saw and Dream Warrior uh, did some voice memos for us uh, for their as yeah, uh, As well as my so, brother. And, and then I guess we're also going to talk up? what are our quarantine films? Yes. And I guess sure. we should have already done that. You want to do that now? I thought we're... So before we talk the okay. hunt, okay, before we talk the hunt, uh, let's do our three films to watch during the quarantine. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Lobby to so, get ourselves so a treat. Text, you, should have, you should have sang that before my treat. Damn, damn. <laughs> You're right. You Fuck, Dana. Up. We're we no, really remember, we're really fucking this out. episode. So so Dana texted Keegan and I this morning. What three films would you recommend someone watches while they're quarantined? Is that the correct question? Or... Keegan actually Keegan actually texted, texted us is that. Is that did yeah? I not this say is my idea, Eric. No, you said oh, uh, you said Dana. Mine. I know we're excuse very me. we're very well, similar remember, people. We have uh, Keegan. Yeah. Keegan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Posed the question, and he said it doesn't have to be topical. So I spent all Dana, Dana, Dana on the on the podcast. Eric always says uh, I was hanging out with my be- my two best friends, Dana and Andrew. Um, he he told me his uh, bliss story that he told on the podcast, and I oh about the eating eating and butthole? I did not like bliss. Oh, I didn't need. I, I, but he told me. But he, I liked blamed, it. he blamed it on me and my friends. Correct. Talking. They weren't giving the film the attention That's right. it needed, and and we, fucking baby tank was fucking being baby tank. You guys are not getting that film. We We talked maybe fifty words oh, during this whole film. Well, that's 50 words too oh, many for Blista. I question how I felt about the film, and I ended up relogging it on Letterboxd <laughs> and then... half a star lower. And then I, I have another question before we go into the quarantine okay, film. Gee. I'm sure this will be brilliant. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. So go ahead, I was uh, I was watching Scream Two. Excellent film. Oh no! And, and, and oh, I no. asked Eric this question that I had for you. Um, I don't know if he gave it to you or not, but you know, you know. No. So I know you do not like movie talkers. I know you hate no. movie talkers. So the beginning of Scream Two, when they're at the stab sneak preview, people are losing their shit. They're running in the okay. aisles. Costumes. They're wearing stab costumes. They're standing up. They're screaming. They're throwing popcorn. They're in, 
this is a brand new franchise, so these people are like rabid for some for a trailer they saw. That's a good you know point. I mean? So I'm how would you feel? Really yeah, how would you about it? New decade, new rules. How would you feel if you were in that sneak preview of Stab? Okay, so if it was a sneak preview and people were going bananas, but with the film, like even if it was like overshadowing the film a little bit, but. It, my thing is, if a crowd is into a film and it's about the movie, the I'm okay thing. with it. If it's if it's other shit going on, then no. <laughs> or if it's just about them. So remember when we were in Godzilla and those two women sat next to us? They were, and they were like, ah! they, they, they kept, they kept like, wooing. They were like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was annoying because it was right. like kind of about them. Right. But if it was the whole crowd, like almost Rocky Horror Picture Show getting wild... I I would be absolutely Even fine for a with brand that. new film. Like, yes. Okay. So when I saw Force Awakens, uh, you go, you can make fun of me. When I saw Force Awakens, I went to El Paso and IMAX. I sat in line for six hours. I got in. We didn't have assigned seats. We got our seats. It was the most electric crowd I've ever been a part of, and it's my favorite movie going experience. That well, I've I remember ever the Endgame uh, crowd was also when Cap uh, Endgame spoilers. Oh God! No, don't <laughs> oh, say whoops. it. Cap, uh, don't say it. That no. movie is like two. That movie's two years old. One year old. Uh, that was last year. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Fine, uh, fine. <laughs> is it? It's on Disney Plus, dog. When Cap picks up uh, Thor's hammer, and you say people it. lost their lost their minds in that theater. Yeah, but it's also a Carlsbad crowd, and I hate Carlsbad crowds because I feel like everyone's. Uh, we love you, you Carlsbad. One of the even worst work. recent screening experiences was Gretel and Hansel. These fucking teenagers were fucking. Better give a fuck. I was, I was fine with that because that movie was terrible as well. We're having a fucking. I, I went and took a poop during that movie. <laughs> I missed like fifteen minutes of that movie. <laughs> I took one during the oh, yeah. I didn't mind missing one. Uh, 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 all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I would love to go into which films uh, that you had to get up and go shit at. I had to get up and go shit during that American yeah, Sniper wh- movie with Michael Keaton. And <laughs> you I know what? Which I'm going up the fucking toilet. You know what? I had to. I couldn't even stay through the credits of it. Chapter <laughs> two. We saw an IMAX in Albuquerque, and when the credits started rolling, I it ran to the bathroom and blew it up. And my bro- and, and shout out to Ben. Ben was like, "You didn't even get to watch the credits." <laughs> you're gonna use, he wasn't. You're gonna use the whole role. <laughs> He was, <laughs> he wasn't mad. Shout out to Ben. And then, and then when I went to see Tag, I managed to hold it. Uh, thank God that you got to watch tag. all of Jeremy Renner's Tag. Yeah, you got to see the whole thing. Based on the true life story of a game of Tag. Of some old men wearing uh, a mustache. Hey, that's right. Three films to watch during a quarantine. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to that. <laughs> in that video. Three <laughs> films to watch okay. during a Dog. quarantine. I'd like to go first. Who wants to go first? I racked my brain go ahead, all Eric. fucking day, though. Because you said they don't have to be topical. Like, at first, I went straight to virus. And you're like, nah. You took this seriously, Stop, though? Take whatever the fuck you want. This literally took me two minutes. This though. took me eight hours. Okay? And I'm only confident wow. with the first one. Okay, if you're sitting at home, if you're quarantined, you, you need something to do for a long period of time to keep you occupied, right? You're driving along. So I You're came driving up along. with Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. That's on Fuck my list, you, really? Yes, dog. I, I picked 
I picked wrong films that are good. That's, well, that, that was my reasoning exactly wow. too. That's why we're best friends, Keegan. Yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's on my. That's you, on my two guys. <laughs> that's okay, on my so, two guys. So once upon a time in America, it's uh, directed by Sergio Leone and it stars. Do you guys just want to do yeah, the podcast you, by yourselves, like, or out, what's dude. going on we're, here? We're, we're getting. We're gonna do a little art, a little art house squad. Uh, <laughs> the art house squad. Uh, it's it. The art house squad. Uh, it stars uh, uh, Robert De Niro and, and James Wood. Uh, it's based off a novel called The Hoods, and the story goes: Leone was offered the chance to direct The Godfather, but turned it down, and he regretted it. And when he was finally given the chance to make a gangster crime saga epic, he made Once Upon a Time in America. And as Dana just said, it's a long, good film, and that is why I picked it. Dana? It's like, well, if, if you watch the European cut, it's like four hours long. Oh, duh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there's, there's like a, a, there's, a really fucked up cut that they released in cinemas. That was like, what, 90 minutes? Yeah, it's like 90 minutes. Don't watch and that. It makes no sense. Yeah, don't watch that. Make sure you're watching the – is there a name for the correct cut? Dur- well, there's like director and European. I think there's like five minute difference between. So you can watch. I'm, I'm gonna go do the the director's cut because uh, on the Blu-ray, wasn't it like Scorsese who like uh, re not recut it, but like put the the new scenes in? Is that right? Yeah. Um, I I don't know if he just handled the remaster uh, or what. Well, that's funny, Doc. Uh, and then uh, yeah. the two other films on my list are two films that I like a bunch and so this gives me a brief opportunity uh to talk about them and i'd love if other people discovered them uh one is joseph khan's bodied which is about a young white rapper who gets involved in the california battle rap scene and the other one is blind spotting about a black man who is on parole uh three days when he's set to get released he sees a white cop murder a black man and it spins and it sends his world into a spiral both excellent films Good pick, Star. Do you like Detention, you know, Joseph Kahn's Detention? I've seen it, oh, that's but good, I don't duh. remember it. I was super into Joseph Kahn whenever um, he released his Power Rangers short. And then, so I just finally yep. watched Bodied last year, and it was fucking incredible. I really, really like it. In fact, I wish I showed you guys Bodied instead of Bliss that night. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you picked any a single horror I did movie it? for that list. Oh, okay. Uh, it's okay. a joke. Okay, so when do you guys go next? Okay, so uh, I did not go any horror films. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, guys. Uh, thank you. I did you. not go any horror films. I, uh, no, no, true, truly, I wanted you guys to pick three films that you would watch during the quarantine. So, so, so I go ahead. the long films that I enjoy because you, you need to fill up your time because you're quarantined if you do not have an essential... If you're not an essential... Terrence Malick's Tree you're not an essential man like me. I have a funny uh, Tree of Life story. Uh, oh we, uh, great! Perfect. We took our uh, friend Alex. With us. Uh, <laughs> he he does not. He's a he's an everyman. Uh, <laughs> he's not a Terrence Malick guy. guy. He just came because we were going, and he was like. And the second we st- sat down, like an old couple was talking, and he just got so pissed off that he got up and snuck into the Green Lantern because it came out the same weekend. Ugh. And then he was, and when he walked out, he was like, "That movie was fucking terrible too." <laughs> he was so mad. That is my uh, tree life story. I love Tree of Life. Jessica Chastain. Great, Go ahead. Great film. Um, so uh, I picked uh, three very long films. The first one was Once Upon a, T- Once Upon a Time in America that Eric talked about. Me too! <laughs> the second film is uh, the Robert Altman film Shortcuts, oh. which is, uh, is uh, 
It's about a Raymond Carver short stories and poems, and it's like intersected. It's twenty two like uh, there's twenty two characters in it, and they all have like parallel stories, but it's not they're all they're not all set together. And it takes place in Los Angeles, but it's uh, Raymond Carver. It's adapted of Raymond Carver's Raymond Carver short What's stories. The time period. Um, it's like ninety three, hmm. so it's like it takes place in that time okay. period. Um, that movie is uh, 188 minutes Jesus. long. So, so you got so you wow. got some uh, time to fill. My uh, third film is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia, oh, yeah. which wow. has a similar vibe to it. You could watch them back to back and get the same kind of. If you were running like a double feature, you would want to run these two films, even though they're very long. That would be kind of terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> but of course, uh, Magnolia is Magnolia is also 188 minutes. <laughs> so. And Magnolia also uh, takes place in Los Angeles and intersects a bunch of different characters who have similar stories, but they don't really interact with each other. It's very intense, very dramatic. Uh, if you like Paul Thomas Anderson, you'll probably love this film. I'm sure you've already seen it. Uh, those are my three films. Good pick, Steph. I, uh, yeah, I was, while you, when you said Paul Thomas Anderson, I thought of The Master, and I thought uh, how good that would be for the quarantine because there's so much like blue and ocean it's true um that would be fun because it's like a globe trotting film yeah um so mine those are great guys so mine are pretty simple uh first one is edgar wright's hot fuzz and the reason i picked hot fuzz was one it's escapism because you go to england right two uh i feel like it's a lesser it's the lesser of those three that are watched like people People watch World's End. People watch uh, Shaun of the Dead, of course. Those are the easy picks. But uh, I feel like I feel like also... World's End is the lesser. I'm going to agree with Dana. Yes. Really? Yeah, Hot Fuzz is. Hot Fuzz I feel is like Hot Fuzz and good. Shaun of the Dead are the. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I feel like those are critically acclaimed, and World's End is the one. Really? I, I. Well, critically acclaimed, maybe, but I feel like normies, like people, don't watch Hot Fuzz. I don't think normies watch um, any of those movies. Well, I mean, normies. Uh, I think I mean, right. probably Shaun. <laughs> I mean, that's the one of those three films yeah. that a normie may have seen. Well, Sean, yeah. Sean's the easy one. That popped off the, the I zombie guess, phrase, I guess when but... I... Right. When I thought of this when I thought of this list, I thought Sean of the Dead, and I thought, well, no, I'm going to pick Hot Fuzz. I'm because surprised you didn't pick the whole I just, trilogy. I just think Hot Fuzz is one of the greatest fucking movies ever made, and I want everybody to go watch really Hot good. Fuzz during the It showdown. is a fantastic yeah. film. Yeah. It's so, so and good. I recommend the Cornetto Trilogy. Just the one, actually. Um, so, Hot Fuzz. My second is a globe-trotting film, which is why I picked it. Um, and it takes place, actually, in Italy, which is kind of sad right now. But uh, but if you want to escapism, if you want to leave your house, I picked Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's mm. Spring. Um, Spring is a devastatingly beautiful, monster romantic movie. Uh, monster movie. Exactly. And uh, it's in this beautiful area in Italy. Uh, you spend the whole film on the cliff sides uh, near the ocean. You can hear the ocean in the background. It's gorgeous. It's also mean-spirited. It's also fucked up. It's love is a monster. Um, and I really can't. I don't want to say more. Watch Spring. Everyone go rent Spring. It's fucking amazing. I love Spring. Uh, and I picked it because of, of its escapism to a beautiful place. And yet, uh, it's still a mean-spirited movie. Um but it's beautiful. It's also romantic, especially if you uh, fancy monsters. So that's spring. My third is the perfect. I found the perfect quarantine film. 
And this is Alfred Hitchcock's mm, that rear is literally window. stuck. Uh, very, very obvious pick. But um, it's a blast. You know, you get to, if you don't know Rear Window, this is my favorite Hitchcock film. This is one of my, you know, top 10 movies uh, of all time. Um, and, I, you know, Rear Window is Jimmy Stewart. He's a photographer. He is uh, hurt uh, in a racetrack accident and he broke his leg while taking photos. So he is held up in a apartment complex building on like a 10th floor. And so he uses his uh, telescope lenses from his cameras to spy on his neighbors. And he happens to witness what he believes is a murder and uh, hilarity ensues. More murder ensues. And rear window is one of the greatest movies ever fucking made. Um, And it's perfect for quarantine. It also stars Grace Kelly, who is, absolutely fucking gorgeous in this movie um watch rear window if you if you haven't seen rear window fuck this quarantine watch you may know about it if you've seen the simpsons episode bard of darkness where he breaks his or even worse and has to uh not not be able to swim in the pool and he has to look up his window correct or or if you've seen the dj caruso directed film disturbia yes that as well which is a which is a teeny bopper remake there's another remake of rear window coming out soon yeah the girl in the yeah, window got, uh it's amy adams so i'm in this list uh, abominable the lance Go ahead, Eric. film it's the exact same setup but uh this guy is seeing bigfoot uh literally kill the woman in the cabin next door uh i i have to say for my brother that simpsons episode you're talking about dana um he's he's playing bart is playing uh jimmy stewart's character uh, that's held up in his house, and Jimmy Stewart has an accent. And uh, that whole episode, he's running around, Lacer, yeah, Lacer, yeah. Lacer. Uh, very funny, very, very fucking funny. Eric, you were talking. Oh yeah, and I want to see that because it's uh, a yeah, window concept. Right? He's seen Bigfoot murder the uh, women in a cabin next to his. Uh, it's really good. It's like a man in a suit, uh, like practical film. Uh, not like great or anything, but you know, if we're talking rear window, abominable. Yes, I want to see that. Yeah, Rear Window, one of the greatest movies ever made, one of my top ten. Ever. Yeah, good picks, guys. So, that was it. Yeah, at least I picked genre films, but well, good you job, said, You said I'm anything. Kidding. You said not top of the I goal. know, I'm fucking kidding. You, you baited me with a tweet. Well, are you guys, so go ahead, guys. Are you going to do a podcast without me now? We're going to start Our House Squad. Art house films, you back yeah, up. Art house you, films, I, you I back up. Art house films, you back. You ain't buying me. We'll just talk about. You, you know, you know what I was gonna say. You know, you know what I was gonna say. PTA Seventh Seal. But I was like, that's too fucking <laughs> obvious because you know it's a man facing death. I think I like art house more than fucking Eric you do. does. That's why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> hold okay. on, hold uh, on, Doc. So Let's go back was... to that comment. Let's oh, here we go. 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 Fucking Spielberg and Kubrick. Who else are you talking about? Well, Kubrick is in the I understand that, but I'm just saying those are the only director's names I'm hearing from I, I almost included Barry Lyndon. I almost included Barry Lyndon in my picks. Oh, oh I yeah. love Barry Lyndon. I don't hear Keegan talk about yeah, I don't hear Keegan talk about Robert Altman. It... <laughs> well I, I I think that you're thinking of the wrong like I like new art house style. Like I I I, I don't know. He's there watching Driver Doc. Or drive, driver, drive. <laughs> hey, I saw Drive in theater before that was fucking all the shit. I, I, saw, I saw Only God Forgives in theater. I, I, 
I saw a drive in in Albuquerque with a. It was me, Alec, and one other person. Uh, spoiler alert: When Oscar Isaac gets shot, I fucking jumped in my seat. It was so fucking loud. Uh, pure cinema in that film is when he goes in the elevator and sees a. I can't think of that actress's name. Carrie Mulligan. Maggie. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. And the light like pans over to her face. Uh, and he, and he it's pushes so her to awesome. the side. It's so Chef awesome. In that scene. Uh, also, whenever they enter the bathroom and all those people get blown the fuck and away. Then, I couldn't um, even finish the fucking that... second episode of Too Old to Die Young. I have not seen Too Old to Die Young yet. I want to, though. Not yet. I, I, I really want to as well. If I, if I was quarantined, I'd probably watch that. Good quarantine pick. <laughs> there's, too much, there's too much content to watch right now, but I wish I was quarantined. Random quarantine pick, The Night Eats the World, and we'll move okay. on. So, uh, those are our three films to watch during a quarantine. And now we're going to talk Damon Lindelof and Craig Zobel's The Hunt. The Hunt. Okay, I'm, I'm going yeah. to go out. I'm going to start off. With Hit this. it, Doc. Okay, well, well, are you going to explain it? Because we, we, oh. like we like Eric, Eric to explain, explain what the movie is. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. What is The uh, Hunt, Multiple Eric? individuals wake up unknowing where they are, and they're literally being hunted. Um, and uh, they're they're given that's the it chance to defend themselves, but they're pretty outnumbered. I would say it's a uh, new concept of uh, the older film, The Most Dangerous Game. Okay. I think it came out in the thirties, thirties, um, where a man is hunted because he's the most dangerous game. Haha, <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> is that go ahead, Dana? Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, gonna say? And that, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Yeah, who wants to start first? Oh, I'll start first with this. I'm going to go last. Yep. I, I, I want to say Damon Lindelof probably only came up with the concept of this, or he's just very awful at writing. First off, I hated this film. It was not good. I don't know if I hated it, but it was just not good, especially with the hype that built up because the president was talking shit about it on Twitter when it was first first come out like, like a year ago, like nine months ago or whatever it was. September and uh, the president said it was terrible because they were killing conservatives, so they pushed it back until March. And th this was right when the El Paso uh, shooting happened. Was that why well. I got pushed back? Yeah, it, it was during. It was that, and then and then his tweet. Like this all occurred at the same okay. time. So it got pushed back uh, six months. And uh, Damon Lindelof, you know, he makes he makes uh, amazing TV. Keegan uh, very much likes his TV shows, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, even though I have not finished Watchmen yet, don't yell at me, Eric. Uh, I'm going to blame Ben on that. I'm also going to blame him on The Outsider, but I don't want to get You haven't right finished now. The Outsider um, yet? No, because that motherfucker won't fucking... Okay, he... Well, uh, speaking of Damon Lindelof, uh, he started Lost with his wife. So every time I go over there, we watch Lost. Now, I'm not complaining because Lost is the best TV show ever made, and I'm loving every goddamn second of it. But uh, yeah, we have not finished the outside. Right, got three episodes left. I thought you were going to say he's too busy like fixing things and cooking. Being a, being an uh, adult, he is cooking. Being an adult, yeah, he does mow. He does mow his lawn like once a month. I'm literally going to warm up pizza rolls for dinner. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, no, you were talking about Damon Lindelof. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the leftovers, and obviously, um, Lost is like part of my fucking lexicon of my life. Um, so yes, but I agree. I, you know, I don't think at least from this film, I mean, this is so goddamn dumb. I don't think he had a lot. So, to do so with this my, uh, my, my, uh, initial 
reaction to it is that it's a badly written episode of South Park. Yeah, that's a good one. Or a badly written episode of like an all a Twilight Zone. Because that's way too long. The reason I say it's like South Park is because like South Park has a very like centrist view of every, of all politics, where they're like, demo or you know like Democrat or liberals are dumb and conservatives are dumb. And this does it very like sloppily. In all the yeah, every every, every character is like a very much caricature. Besides uh yeah, that, Betty and Glipsy. that and that uh, Gilpin, Gilpin, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um. Which, by the way, so our main character, I think that she's the highlight of the movie. I think she's great. She's a lot of fun to watch. She has watch. very good expressions th- during the whole film. I enjoyed – she says bitch a lot, which I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed, like, my journey with her. So I actually liked the movie. Um, and then I feel like the ending is just terrible. Uh, the, the, I don't even really give a fuck about the politics. I was actually on board. I told my brother, I was like, well, I'm on board, like, if it's talking shit about liberals i mean i'm not gonna super get into it but like i'm on board that's fine yeah. like let's see let's I, I don't give a fuck yeah, yeah. and uh and then it's just like hey, you know it's like oh they're, they're both bad yeah like it's just eh, i don't know i just didn't give a yeah, fuck yeah south park does that but it's like funny you know what i mean and just... well and south park's a 25 minute fucking joke yeah. right um and this is an hour and 40 minutes of just uh, but but regardless of the politics, which is kind of where I wanted to go, like aside from the politics, like the film is also just kind of dumb and not very good there's, and not very well there's shot. There's two really funny scenes, and uh, one of them is kind of like a a red herring with Emma Roberts and uh, I can't think of the male actor's name. And the one that looks like fucking uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that there's a pretty funny scene with that. I don't want. I guess I don't want to discuss it because I don't want to know if it's like a spoiler or not. And then uh, whenever uh, they have, so the liberals have like a uh, a coordinator with them to help them shoot people. And his uh, he says that he was on the set of Tears of the Sun, and that made me laugh really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, I just it's just so dumb. I just can't believe that Damon Lindelof like wrote the film. Or the- like, I think maybe he came up with the concept like you said or that he had it was credited for it. like you think he would just like let the other guy take all the credit yeah i don't know i mean you know again aside from the politics like i just think i just feel like it's you, we don't really have a main character and then when we do get a main character we don't know who she is so we don't care about anything that happens and you never we find never, out who she is right and so there's never a moment that we care about what is happening so instead our job as uh, viewers is just to have a ride, right? So the ride better be goddamn good, and the ride is not goddamn good. It's just borderline fun. Uh, Boy, and, Boy um, World's uh, Ethan Suppley, isn't it? And, yeah, and and uh, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Macon Blair. Uh, Macon Blair. Blair. Well, I guess what? You uh, be E-Dog for a moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed, like, the violence and Go the gore. Like, some of it was kind of, like, surprising. Um, and then as we established earlier about my compulsiveness, I was just like worried the entire time because we were watching it at the theater. And I feel like I probably would have enjoyed it more if I had watched it at home. E Dog did not want to. I did go. not want to go, and I was peer pressured by you and Melissa. I I I barely peer. It was peer pressure nonetheless, G. I just said, yeah. I just said I don't think it's that big of a deal. They're cleaning the theater. I sent him a, a email that said they're taking extra precautions and cleaning the theater. 
which I'm sure we trust Alan Theaters <laughs> with our lives. Right. Those those teens. Know I, what I very doing. much would have wished. Uh, I very much wish I watched it at home. They yeah, I uh, I got to watch it with my brother. Uh, we paid twenty dollars and just watched it on an afternoon with snacks and monsters, um, and uh, like little fifteen-year-olds that we are. And uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it in that respect. Uh, I didn't give a fuck about the end. As soon as uh, like it sort of turns to where our main character is gonna like siege a house, I was out. I was done. What, the movie was done. What, what was so jarring was the like. They were like waiting to reveal Hillary Swank. For yeah, some reason. like they kept shooting. But her she's from in. Behind. But she's in. But she's in the trailer, so that makes no sense. And when well, also like it's not. I don't feel like she's a big enough thing to reveal. Like <laughs> my brother. So my my brother didn't know who it was. You know, he said he's like, oh, it's going to be like Sigourney Weaver or something. I was like, you're going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> what I told Eric it's is, fuck- is they were acting like uh like how Tom Cruise was in Tropic Thunder. That's how yeah. they were trying to treat her. But she's not made up, but it, she's or, or, like, but she's not that big of a star. Or like Sigourney Weaver and fucking uh, uh, Kevin in the Woods. Oh, oh, spoilers for Kevin in the Woods. <laughs> that movie that's twenty years old, twenty five years old. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it, just because like I agree. I, I thought the random violence was fun. I thought uh, it was it was kind of fun to fly by a seat of your pants and have uh, main characters that just die like within the first twenty minutes. Um, they what the film starts and you you basically get a character for like the first thirty minutes that and they die the whole time. And I enjoyed that. That was fun. But again, once we get our main character, we don't know who she is. So the ride better be good. The ride's not good. Um, and then ultimately, the politics are just dumb. Don't make like. It, it basically is like a shrug, kind of like you were saying about about uh, South Park, right? Yeah. But South Park is like a witty, dumb fucking thing. And this is like, they're all bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, uh, okay. I, I enjoyed right. the character. Well, I don't. And they make Betty the only, like, normal character so that you have to root for right. her. And there's all this weird writing where it's like, are you really her? And it's like. Yeah, with that uh, uh, guy in the. In the thing in the in the foxhole or whatever you want to call it, the bunker. Yeah, and, and I feel like there's like a lot of like it's almost like the script is not finished, but they're like, haha, like it'll be it'll be like um not witty, but uh it'll be esoteric if like the dialogue is like stilted and dumb. And it's like, no, it's just bad. I don't know, it's bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Uh but I agree with you, Eric. The random violence, um there was a lot of CGI gore which sucked. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. Ultimately, I, I kind of enjoyed like some of the political nature, but then some of it just didn't make any sense. And I felt like it was just up its own ass, but like not in an artful way, like just like a ha ha ha, like, like a, like a, like you said, uh, like South Park, like a 12 year old's humor about politics. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then again, that would be good, fine if the ride was really good. And I don't think it was. But I will say uh, the main actress's facial expressions were the best part. Yeah, there's there's a moment where in the gas station where I think she says, like, I got you, bitch, or something like that, and blows somebody's head off. Yeah. Um, and I burst out laughing in the living room. So I enjoyed that. What, what did you give it on Letterboxd? Two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half? Damn. Wow, yeah. that's, well, that's high. Yeah, I would say that's very high. Uh, I guess that's me going... You should be ashamed of yourself, going. Eric. I, I, I kind of liked it, and it's possible I would like it more if I was more focused on the film. I, 
I had an outburst leaving the theater because Melissa said it was a seven out of ten. I, I whoa, think whoa, she went pretty whoa. high, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she said it was a seven out of ten. And I and I, I shouted, You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Eric was in the bathroom during yeah. this. And then you gotta shake that guy's hand. Uh so so no, I guess we didn't like is. the hunt, huh? Okay. No. I will say I will I will say it's fun. Um if you can watch it for free, it is not a horrible No, movie. I told Eric that if I, that was on Hulu, you'd be like, that was cool. Yeah. It, it, I think it's fun enough to check out. I just don't think it's good. I would not call it good. When you and Ben P are renting these movies, are you guys going halfers? Who's paying the twenty dollars? So I paid for The Hunt, and Ben paid for Invisible Who's Man. Who's going to so pay for uh, Bloodshot? Is that the name of that fucking movie? Uh, nobody. You don't have to be so excited nobody. for Bloodshot. I told him that looks terrible. You know what? I'm excited that I get to watch a new movie. Uh, Starring uh, Vin Diesel. Home. Correct. 100%. Are you going to watch Trolls 2? I don't fucking watch it. Are you going to watch Trolls 2? You're going to watch Trolls 2? I'm not going to watch Trolls It's Trolls a brand new film. You can watch it at home. Er, er, uh, hey, this is going to be Eric's Hellboy from last year. The bloodshot, bloodshot is so good. For you guys. Have they reported on like uh, what people, like how many people have like watched it, or like uh, like the numbers for the home no. No. viewings? No, oh, that'd no. be interesting to know. We'll, we'll, we'll know when theaters open up again and if they're still showing new films on streaming. Gotcha. That's that's how we'll know if it was good or not. Gotcha. Uh, I have a tweet that's brewing, and then we'll get to our next thing. But um, I want to tweet A24. Hey, uh, everyone's stoked about these movies coming to uh, to VOD early. Uh, I just want The Lodge early. Can, can you guys oh, put The Lodge out right now? Uh, nope, oh. it's Neon. Yeah, I was going to say that. So let's just... My bad, my I'm bad, guys. Fucking I'm fucking hyped for uh, St. Rose. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I was going to say they pushed back St. Rose, and that movie looks great. Yeah. I thought it was like, what the fuck yeah, are you guys talking about? Okay. So with that, with our, with, with all yeah. of us fucking up, we're done with the hunt. That's the, <laughs> that's the hunt. Yeah. So, uh, our next thing, which, uh, I know Eric and I could talk, Dana probably watched it. Um, we could talk after midnight. Okay. I did not watch after midnight. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll let me, let me ask you this. Dana. Yeah. Are you interested in staying? In staying? Yeah. What do you mean on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> no, on this earth. Uh, either or. I could go either okay. or. On either well, hey, that's your choice. Um, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll well, probably leave the pod, dog. Okay. Well, hang on, hang on. We could talk. Uh, we never did. We don't. Okay. I, listen, okay. don't yell at me, Eric. We've, we've never talked Parasite on this podcast. Now, we don't have to review Parasite. But we never talked about it because the Oscars happened after that. I watched it before the Oscars. I don't know. Do we want to chat Parasite real quick? Uh, I mean, it's an amazing film. Yeah, I mean, we just we just never talked about it, so I feel like the Ghoul Squad has to talk about. I'm gonna Parasite. say no. But if you guys want to go, no, uh, I'll go. I, I, I'll, I'll just I'll just say watch it, and you can watch all of uh, during your quarantine. You can watch all of uh, Bong Joon Ho's films. filmography, all of Bong Joon Ho's films. I've watched okay. it twice uh, in a week, and uh, I think Parasite is uh, fucking amazing. I'm, I'm sure you've talked about the host and... on the on here, right? Yeah, we've mentioned. Uh, the host. I went into Parasite completely blind, and I was blown away by it. 
Me too. I went I absolutely no blind, and I just it. think it's brilliant. I I love love that movie, and I fucking hate everybody that's saying, "Oh, like it shouldn't win Best Picture." The only reason it did, oh, it's foreign. Like y'all need to go watch that movie. Right. It's fucking amazing. But pe- people were happy about Green Book winning the year before. No, no one gave a fuck because it was you know a white people movie. You don't love Green Book. Though. I don't know about I don't know about did love, he? but I didn't mind watching. You love when did I fucking love. say that? You a bit. You a big Vigo Mortensen guy? He was guy? defending Green Book in uh in the Starbucks parking lot. No, I wow. wasn't. He, before he got, pu- I was before he got pulled over. Why were people he... mad at it? Because it's a fucking stupid movie. Specifically, and Dana explained to me because it's a white savior film. I was gonna say it's a white savior film. So that's I didn't know why. that. I didn't know that's why people were mad. Like, like why are people why like why are people mad with Jojo Rabbit? I, I, uh, I, that does... I told him I haven't heard that so. I don't know. Yeah, that uh, that wouldn't make sense. I didn't think I didn't think that was a thing. That's something he because the Oscars the Oscars have long honored the only way that uh, diversity is honored at the Oscars for years is white savior films like Twelve Years right. a Slave, Driving, um, Driving like Miss Daisy, Driving Miss Daisy, uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, okay, I things like that. I told the dog that that's... Uh, people just don't like Scarlett Johansson, so maybe that's what he was getting at. I do not know why people do not like Scarlett Johansson. Because she was in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, but we loved Scarlett Johansson. Yes, yes. Well, Dana, see you later. It was nice knowing you. Um, you I guess you're useless to us now. Yes. Um, uh, follow my Twitter, uh, my Instagram, DanaAndrew23. Um, shout out Ben P. Shout out Jamie. Shout out Wes. Um, uh, I don't think I have anything else. Uh what movie did you, what movie did we see? Remember Dana, we went and saw a movie and Eric was supposed to come but he he bailed. It was Endgame. So yeah. It was Endgame. So it was literally me, Wes and Dana went mm-hmm. and saw a movie together. Yeah. Uh it was um, I'll just say the way you can find Dana, like if you're looking for him on social media, just search for Eric's friend. He'll pop right up. <laughs> Eric's friend on uh, and, the search bar. It'll be right there. N- yep. No no one will need to do that cuz no one will want to. Look. So, shout out to uh, What's Upon a Time in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for everybody picking that film. Uh, well, seriously, Dana, thank you. Like, I'm not even kidding. Thank you for coming on. I hope I hope people enjoy a little bit more bullshit. Uh, and I feel like you added to that. Thank, so. thank you very much. I'll be on anytime you guys want. And now is when you awkwardly leave, oh. and we wait for you to leave. Okay, I'm gonna click finishing recording now. See you, Okay. Okay. Well, he's gone, and I don't. That was <laughs> that's it. Thank God. What that a bore, well. Don. No, it, it was really good, Don. I'm, I'm really happy we had so him. So far, on. was that we both picked Once Upon a Time in America. Yep, I can't wait for you guys to do your own podcast. I don't know who's yeah. going to produce it. Well, hey, Don. But, um, now I just got to figure out this fucking anchor app. Yeah. No, you definitely do. Uh, oh God, Don. And this is Eric's oh, podcast, God, don't even where start, I review. Sergio Leone classics such as The Long, The Good, and The Ugly. Let's get into what we've been watching, huh? All right, I just want to talk After Midnight, though. Well, we can go into After Midnight, but I want to give one quick uh, heads up to everybody. Since we're doing this lo-fi episode, I'm afraid I don't got a terror tune for you guys. Uh, I do have one lined up whenever we come back strong, though, and I promise it'll be a good one. Yes, um, but uh, as we're practicing social distancing now, we're also practicing um, horrible podcast yeah. producing. Um, so let's go into uh, so Jeremy Gardner. Um, I wouldn't say I was reluctant to um, 
watch this film, but I had a silly like uh, I, I have I have this small mind thinking that uh, film and music uh, just belongs to me, and that's a hundred percent incorrect. Uh, film and music belong to everybody, and it seemed like I got to it late. I feel like I got to it min- after midnight uh, by the time, so I was kind of like, uh, do I want to watch this? You know, uh, yeah. just because of that small mindedness. But then when I finally did, I thought it was absolutely terrific. Uh, let's talk after midnight. Okay, yes, yes, and, and you know, I'll go couple, right after, but uh, tell us what after we just said is. it's Jeremy Gardner. Who is the actress? Okay, I'm DVR. Uh, that is hang on, hang on, three something. Oh, god, no, I know exactly who it is. It's fucking oh my lord. Okay. So I've never blanked couple. so hard in my life. Uh, they've been together for 10 years and the relationship has got pretty stale. Uh, the house they live in, um, they keep mentioning that uh, Miami is nearby, but the house they live in is just like, uh, like out in the middle of nowhere. So one day Jeremy Gardner wakes up. He's find a note from his girlfriend that she has left to go to Miami. And every night since she is gone, a monster comes to his door. A monster that's trying to get into his home. Of course, he's telling his friends and family this, but no one believes him. So, is he just crazy because his girlfriend has left him? Or is there a monster appearing every night? Bea Grant. That's correct. And this is, so that's Bria Grant. Um, she's she Bria Grant. She's in a lot of um, right. She's in a lot of uh, uh, Adam Green stuff, Adam Green shorts and stuff like that. Um, so after midnight, Jeremy Gardner's follow up mm-hmm. to the battery, right? So he made a film between this called Tex Montana will survive, um, but that was sort of a lo-fi kind of Correct a if I'm wrong. kind of a stopgap like film. And I'm not I'm not Tex saying Mon- it's bad. Montana, it's it's right? more of a because it's like okay. I, 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 I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember. I will say that I helped fund it. He recently tweeted that he had fallen on hard times, and he told people that he he was going to sell a copy of it, and and you got one, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I was going to tell the story, and I'll be honest, I feel bad telling the story because I I almost feel bad that he's going to send something. Um, You know, Jeremy Gardner tweeted like literally a week ago. Uh, this is before the coronavirus thing. He tweeted like two or three weeks ago. It was something like, hey, you know what? Sometimes we get behind and I'm behind. Uh, if if anyone would want, you know, one of these limited copies of Tex Montana Will Survive, I'll ship it to you if you send me 25 bucks to my PayPal. And uh, I sent him 30. Uh, I'm not looking for thanks. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not rich. And uh, anyways, I sent him 30 bucks. Um, and I thought, you know, if he sends it cool, if not, you know, Hey, cool. I love Jeremy Gardner. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then he just posted a couple days cool. ago, Didn't that, he tweet, uh, like, he's shipping him like out and he signed him, which is really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So like those were made for the Kickstarter or he did like an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter, and I actually contributed to it, but I didn't contribute enough for a Blu-ray because it was rather expensive. And this is this is this is years and years ago. Oh, okay. um, and so it's funny. This is part of that run. I guess he had extras, so he sold them. Um, and again, I, I feel weird talking about because it it's like I don't know. Like he asked for money, I sent it, and I thought if he sends it, cool. If not, but he's sending it, so that's really cool. Uh, after midnight um, is written and directed. But by uh, anyways, Jeremy Gardner. You know, 
Right. And I, I recently rewatched the battery, which I want to talk, but not right this second. Um, and I absolutely am in love with the battery. And, uh, so watched after midnight. So after midnight, uh, is way, way, way better made than the battery. It, it's weird because you, okay. you may have felt this too. So I rewatched the battery after I watched after midnight. And when I watched after midnight, I thought, yeah, this is, this is an indie, you know, lower budget of film, just like the battery. And it's not even close to after midnight is such a better looking, such a better made movie. Now, which one do I like more? I, I, I'd probably say the battery, but um, it's, it's really good. Yeah. His what dialogue. he does best. Uh, it's uh, just his writing. It's so After good. Where it's it, isn't that weird? Talking. And I feel like that scene goes on for a minute, like five plus minutes maybe. And I was just like enthralled with just this back and forth these it, two characters are having. It's sort of his trademark right. now, right? Like these extended uh, one-shot sequences, right? Um, and, and he did that here and all it is, is like a lockdown camera on two characters. And just like Eric said, they're just having a conversation, but they have, they do several things within it. Like they even get up and talk about other things in the room and it's all choreographed. It's very simple, but their acting and their yeah. dialogue and their delivery of like, his dialogue. I, I almost, I was blown like, away. Like, I was like, like wow. That, that, that scene starts. And then like, as it's going, like, I'm like perking up. I'm like taking notice that this is like something special. And then when that scene ended, I was just like, holy fuck, that was good. Yeah. I mean, it, that scene is so good. And then he just, he has this, you know, ruralness, this rural, um, I don't even know if, I don't care if the actors are from there. They, they seem like it, the way he shoots his films with his actors, he has this one character in here that um, it's like his local friend and he uh, they go to the bar and the bar is real rundown and, and local looking. Yeah. There's a part and, where he uh, the he's eating peanuts the in the bar. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, and the friend is eating peanuts and it keeps zooming in. It keeps showing these close up shots of him, like peeling the peanuts and eating them. Uh, it was basically making fun of him. Um, it's so good. And then, yeah, like, it's not like I'm trying to find ways to talk about it because it's not like Woody Allen dialogue. It's not like um, Aaron Sorkin dialogue. It's, it's very, I you kind of very the, the, the stripped down and real because it uh, kind of comes off as like hickish as well. But but they're but they're like likable. You know, it's it's like yeah, a far you know, that's cry a, from the that's characters a good point. in um, the hunt. Um, and another thing that I was super into is how that's Justin Benson in it and how Aaron Moorhead uh, and them like also produced the film. And so I just like really, really yes. like those dudes from uh, their films. So it was cool to see him pop up in something else, especially with uh, Jeremy Gardner. It's cool to see like two genre superpowers team up. Yeah. And I, I just love seeing, Jeremy Gardner get emotional and do these, these extended dialogue sequences with his girlfriend that he's having problems with. And just like it, it's, it's kind of mind blowing because you, what I, what, this is what I want like Joe Bigos films to be like. And instead they're like these big bombastic, crazy, stupid things, which is cool. Right. 
But um, this is more my speed, right? Like I like Spring, also right? Romantic. Which is a very slow, quiet, emotional film. And this, exactly, yes. And this reminds me of Spring, but I almost like this better because of how much I like Jeremy Gardner. Um, he's the best part of Bliss, by the way. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I absolutely loved After Midnight. Do you well, know what's funny? We haven't talked about a monster once. We haven't even talked be about a surprised. monster. Be surprised. I want people to figure it out on their own. I agree, but I know you already know. Right. My point you. is, and, you, know, you and I aren't even thinking about the monster. monster. That's kids. not what was so good. And, about, and I understand what you're saying. Like, most times yes. we would focus on the monster, but here we're focusing on the other terrific elements that the film portrays. Yeah, and it's funny. You said hickish uh, or hick, and I, I didn't, um, I guess I didn't put that together, but yeah, I thought more rural more like um, middle of the country, but I wasn't thinking of the characters, but I think you're right. It's part of that too, but it just feels real, like real small town. Um, and then his dialogue is so simplistic. Again, it's not Aaron Sorkin dialogue, but it's so well-written. I Dude, it's great. And, and it made me, it made me think like, wow, well, Jeremy saying, Gardner I'm, I'm actually really like is good. Like that's like Logan Lucky or I drink your blood or something like that. Um, I guess maybe just because it, it often comes off as right. Not yeah, no, 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 for I sure. But I don't, silly, I don't feel like I this is. I, enjoy, I know what like, you're saying. Character because uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I just love this movie. I love that uh, both of his films so far are about drinking um, a lot of alcohol, which I enjoy as well. Uh, there's several scenes in this movie where he's like backed up against the wall, like hiding from the monster. And there's just beer bottles all over his floor. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff about wine in here. And uh, two things. I I don't mm-hmm. know for sure, but the wine they're drinking almost looks like it says the orchard okay. on it. Which would be a reference to the battery. Um, I don't know that for sure. And then in this film, one of the characters, they do karaoke. And one of the characters uh, starts singing, uh, they could take our bones and bury them in oh, the okay. river, but we'll still be together. Uh, that's from the battery. I had a pee, dog. Uh, are you going to? Oh, my God. What was I supposed to do? I thought you said if one of us had a pee, we I pee. hate you so much. You're the worst. <laughs> I did, but Don, yeah. do you want me to just sit here and yeah, keep talking? Hear it <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, okay. so I don't know what you're gonna do about that, G. Uh, yes, I, Eric, I, we could all hear it. I was holding um, it. Down. I drank two with the death before we started. No, we're good. <laughs> well, the urge felt like it didn't sound like that much. Is it, are you having problems over there? <laughs> Turning the water on. I love it. Oh, so we are officially uh, lo-fi. Hey, PSA: Wash them hands. Oh, gotta wash okay. their hands. Yep. Scrub vigorously for 20 seconds. Make sure to use soap. Make sure to use soap. Between you and other people. Let's let's move on, Jay. I think we both loved After Midnight. <laughs> right. And, and, and you're a and podcast host. Yeah, so After Midnight is just fucking absolutely brilliant. Um, it's one of those films that I feel like uh, the whole horror genre knows about, but because it's small and quiet... I don't want you to skip it. If you haven't watched After Midnight, it's available on VOD. 
go support Jeremy Gardner and watch that fucking movie. It's so good. Just uh, so I'd like to keep get ready for a quiet, Jeremy amazing Gardner, film. If that's okay. And uh, this is a film called Sadistic Intentions. This yeah. is not a film that he wrote or directed, but it's a film that he starred in. Uh, Jeremy Gardner plays um, a man who's in a band, and he keeps waiting for his one bandmate uh, to hit him up so they can rehearse. And his bandmate finally does. He gives him the location, the address. It's a house that he's never been to. And at the same time, a woman shows up at this house. Uh, Jeremy Gardner and this woman have never met before. And you learn that this woman is there to uh, buy weed. So it's Jeremy Gardner and this woman. And they're like forced to interact. They're complete strangers, but they're getting to know each other because they're having to wait on their mutual friend. And at first, uh, their relationship is great. Like, uh, I was really enjoying this dynamic of the film, them getting to know each other. But then there's like a bit of a uh, something else is going on in the house. And uh, the film lost me there. Uh, so I guess I was a little let down uh, with how high After Midnight uh, got me. Uh, but I guess I was stoked to see more uh, Jeremy Gardner. It's called Sadistic Intentions, and this is also something new. That and that was the, what was that called? Uh, VOD. Um, like three huh. things dropped on VOD one weekend. It was like VFW, Come to Daddy, maybe, and Sadistic Intentions. And so, you know, everybody's tweeting about these three films on Twitter. And so that's how I finally got yeah. to uh, Sadistic Intentions. Okay, well, let me go into VFW. I'm trying to get my brother to watch VFW. Joe Bigos, man. I want to love Joe Bigos so much. Go ahead. Because I feel like he's doing what I want in terms of like gritty, gory uh, horror films. And VFW is about, um, it's very um, Assault on Precinct 13. You learn that there's a, right, exactly. There's 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 this new drug. It's a seed. I'm thing. blanking what the name is, but it's like become an epidemic. And uh, there's this dude who like has control of the primary source of this drug, and he murders a woman. And the murder and the and the woman who's murdered, uh, her sister steals a bunch of his drugs, and she runs to the building next door, which happens to be a VFW with a bunch of older men who have all served in various wars. So all these goons come in or start to attack the VFW uh, to try to get the girl who have stolen the drugs and uh, these men uh, protect her. When going into VFW, I thought it was going to be uh, like a monster film. Like, I think the synopsis says like mutant punks or something like that. And it's not that at all. They're all just regular dudes like hopped up on, on drugs. And there's some cool violence. There's some really? cool gore. Um, I do appreciate the grittiness, but <laughs> if you're going to watch a siege film, Watch Assault on Precinct 13. Which bums me out to say that. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, this this, this is a film that I was dying to see. And again, not to blame my brother, but we've just been watching so much other shit. Uh, VFW was one of the movies I wanted to watch with him, so I haven't yet. But um, uh, it's kind of sad to hear that you didn't okay. outright love it because it's such a great concept. But it's almost. Let me ask you this: Is the dialogue no, no, like Bliss? Like it's a fucking um, bliss bummer, is man. The like, is it like Bliss of, of these two? And um, I guess, I guess I was Ooh. disappointed because I feel like 
the idea of VFW sounds cooler to me than a fucking drug addict who turns into a vampire. Um, so I was a little, yeah, well, yeah, oh, I thought Bliss was great the first time I saw it. And I like Bliss, but and not that much. Turning against me. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Like, I definitely would say, like, make sure you watch it before we're in December and you're working on your end of the year list. Yeah. No, I, no I'm definitely going to watch yeah. VFW. I mean, I'm dying Hello? to see it. You got just, any what you've been watching? I've got, got a good few news on here. Well, I don't... I, I got to be honest. I don't have a lot. If you want to oh, do great. one Fantastic. more, and then okay. well, then, we will well, then talk I'm going to talk Christmas about the remake. film that I was most excited for. So go ahead. I am talking about Glenn Danzig's Veronica. Uh, yes. So I. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Someone someone called uh, uh, Blade Disgusting did a review of this Which, film. Of course, they're talking. And about, they called it uh, uh, horror Tommy version of film, the, the Room. room. Um. Have you ever seen The Room, Doc? Let's just go off topic here for a <laughs> yeah. sec. I started it one time, Doc. I got about 20 minutes into it. I, I have, just had a time I have not, because it, I thought it was that bad. Um, I love... The I did not story. hit her. Fact, I, I, I did not. It's been in my mind recently for some reason. I've been wanting to uh, revisit it. Um, so, Glenn Danzig's Veronica is an anthology film based off of comic book creator... Uh, comic book uh creations that Danzig has come up with right so Danzig has a comic books uh series and the imprint the publisher is called Veronica and so this is three stories from his comic books right and I've probably said this shit before but I'm gonna say it again uh you know I don't know I don't know if there'd be e-dog without Gwen Danzig simply because um the misfits right he's 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 credited for starting horror punk and you know, horror punk is just in e It's DNA, right? Uh, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> was he germ adverse as well? I don't know Danzig's uh, uh, germ preference. And so, <laughs> just kidding, that. Uh, so the film uh, premiered at Cinepocalypse last year. It might be in there. Like the word got out right away that it was like really fucking bad. But it was like bad on a level where people were like having. Uh, a hoot with it you know they're having fun watching it they're having fun laughing at the film um i guess he did a q a after that screening after its premiere and he told the audience you guys are laughing at stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny uh but fortunately i guess he's but i guess fortunately he's been good natured um about it where like he wasn't like like, he wasn't ugly about he wasn't a dick about it and it like spawned a life of its own like it was like going to come to vod like the following month, but instead um, it started doing all these like, um, you know, one night showings because, you know, it was getting such a positive uh, crowd reaction, not in terms of being a good film, but in terms of being a fun film. So um, I was, so I fucking pre-ordered it like fucking December. Right. uh, Once the Blu-ray became available and like a week before it dropped, it, it popped up on VOD. And so I rented it from the Microsoft store. And uh, the first film, oh man, oh, excuse me, the first segment, I'm trying to blank on the title, but I read like what each and one of these segments was about, right? Like, you know, I was anticipating this film so much. And the first segment is about a woman who does not have nipples on her breast, but she has eyes. 
and uh, at, at and at the start of the film, her and a man are okay. about to have sex. Good start. And the man is trying to pull off her t-shirt, but she's resistant to it. And eventually uh, he does. And when he sees that she doesn't have nipples, but eyeballs, he freaks out and he leaves. And you learn that this is a common occurrence for her. Uh, and her boobs start crying. And uh, so the eyeballs on her on her tits are crying. And they fall onto a spider. And the spider turns into a six-armed man monster. And I read that, Doc. Like, before the film came out, I read people's reviews. And, and I was still shocked by that. Okay. Like, I knew what was coming, and I was still like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? The first segment is definitely the best one. You learn that whenever she sleeps, the man spider monster can come into our world and uh, kill people. And it's just, like, atrocious acting, and, like, it's, like, maybe, like, I was going to say a step above porn, but that may be giving it too much credit. And then the first two segments is just like sex and violence. And that's all I preach, right? But Veronica has made me realize that I need something of a story. I need something of acting to go along with the sex and violence because that just did not cut it for me. Uh, I am very disappointed to say Veronica is terrible. But if you're interested in checking it out, watch that film just for the ha-has. At least if you're going to have a pal over when we can finally hang out again and have a beer, watch Veronica. Yep. It, it took so Veronica now, for you so to now, realize that, though. So now when wow. I think about well, something like uh, Animator. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you watched it so I don't have to. Gore, but now it made me realize, like, oh, shit. Reanimator is like, okay, I always liked Reanimator, right? But now I can acknowledge that it's because it's a fantastic story with actors carrying it. Right. Right. And people you care about, right? So it's not just, and th- and that's kind of the problem with Bliss too. Remember you talked a lot about how Bliss had like a lot of like sexual violence and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, uh, right. I wouldn't, I'm sorry. I wouldn't say sexual violence. I would say sex and right. violence. And, exactly uh, but I didn't is. care about the characters, so it didn't matter to me. Um, so yeah, that was Glenn Danzig. Well, that's not Ver- King, uh, uh, so that was Glenn that Danzig's was, uh, his debut future Veronica. Yes. So with that, uh, let's talk. Okay. Another film that uh, I'm going to shit on. I don't know. Eric seemed to like it more than I did. Black Christmas. And this is uh, okay. Sophia Let's talk to you. I just watched it. It dropped on Black DLB Christmas. last week. Yeah. So, so I saw it in theater, and I, I realized I forgot. I didn't care I about it so much, Eric. I didn't I even talk it on the last episode. Uh, I'm not sure why I forgot, but I remember being like, I, Why didn't you ask me? I totally uh, forgot I wanted to hear what you thought. Uh, so Black Christmas is obviously the second remake of the classic 1974 slasher, but it has very little in common with the original film or even the first remake. Uh, I guess the only uh, similarities are it uh, yeah, this one's... focuses on a sorority house, a group of women, uh, over their Christmas break. And somebody is killing them. Yes. But we like Imogen Poop, right? 
starring Imogen. Okay, so Poots. do you want to go first or Edoc? Okay. Yes, of course. Let it rip. <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Now. All right. So, so Black Christmas, um, you know, starts strong, has cool slasher stuff. Somebody makes a snow angel slasher happens. Um, it's cool. Uh, you know, and then at times it's shot well, it looks good. Um, it was a very frustrating watch for me because ultimately I just found it pretty worthless. Um, I don't know what is happening. Uh, it's not just, you know, this is what happens when your film, uh, it's hard to talk about. This is what happens when your film becomes sort of not about it's so about subtext the, 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 that the, the film, film forgets to be a it's movie. putting forth. Um, and so instead... Right, and instead it's of being subtle subtext, face. which I love, right? We love uh, Invisible Man, right? Having having said that, this I'm is okay with yelling the at you the entire movie to, to the point where... 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. But... The way you you get the message across is the characters, the main character's friend, right. yelling the entire movie, all of the themes that they're trying to get across, and uh, it's so frustrating. Uh, it's so boring. This is a boring uh, slasher. What film. bothered me was uh, the PG thirteen. I couldn't wait uh, for it rating. to be over. I thought it really, really hurt it because all the kills are off screen, right? So there was moments when the characters would be like, where's so-and-so because so-and-so had already died. I'd have to stop and ask Melissa and I'd be like, who was that? Because their death was so uneventful that I couldn't keep track of who was sticking around. And this is a slasher film. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it. yeah. And at times, like I said, it's shot. Well, I mean, there, there, there's a remake oh, of the exorcist three scare. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that the nurse Exorcist Three scare. So in in this film, uh, one of the characters oh, stays back her. at the sorority house, and she's going through all the rooms trying to find the cat. Gotcha. And walks nope. up behind her. Yeah, it's it's literally a remake of the Exorcist Three jump scare. Uh, if you've seen Exorcist Three, the you one know what we're talking about. Um, and, and so there's, there's cool stuff in it. But, uh, she has a plastic and, and, bag, and she wraps it around uh, the killer's head. And of course, that's obviously a callback to the original film. I think that's the only one I caught. I, you know, I, th- I think for a film that's in the shadow of, of Bob Clark's, uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, Black Christmas, and then also even the remake, the, both of those films are so mean-spirited and so... Um, sort of in your face with uh, violence, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for this to just be such a whimper and just be a total whimper and just yelling an agenda for an entire film, which I support. Um, I I, I don't think that makes a movie. I don't think that... Well, Eric and I just found out there was a time limit on the recordings. Two hours. Yeah, two hours. So, uh, sorry about that. We just cut out. We're back. Uh, let's just keep going. So, yeah, no, I, I was just saying that I think this is such a whimper of a film. And again, something, you know, you could have made a more subtle, 
uh, reaction to, you know, um, I, it's just not good. This is just not a good movie. And so this is a great example of like, oh, you just like a movie because you support the politics of it, right? Um, no, this movie sucks. I will say this. I could see myself watching it again with my mother. I will never watch this movie again. Because my mom loves women kicking ass. Well, who doesn't? Duh, who doesn't? And uh, I think my mom will get like a like a hunch out of it. I was so bored. I'll probably, so I'll probably watch it again. You should not be bored in a film called Black Christmas. You should never be bored. And I was bored so, to death. So uh, I guess we didn't like it, huh? We did not like the Black Christmas remake. And again, it, it brings me no pleasure to say right. I didn't like it because, you know, I, I, I don't mind the message. I like it. I I like Black Christmas. I love the idea of of a of a new, you know, take on it. I'm not against oh, it's not Billy in the attic or whatever. I don't care about any of that. I'm totally on board. We've all, we're always on board for new takes, right? Correct. And this is We want remakes, reboots, sequels. Yeah, so the two things I hated were it's PG-13 rating and I guess, I, don't, I this might be a spoiler that it's a supernatural killer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just over it. I was totally over it by midway point and then uh, I wanted it to end and that that's frustrating. Yeah. So that is the Black that's Christmas. That's the 2019 Black Christmas. Yeah, skip it. I'll never watch it again, I'll tell you that much. Let's keep going, G. What else you got? You know I what? A that's a, that's about where we end, Dobby. Well, let me tell you why. Because I, okay. <laughs> I have down here Song of the Dead rewatch and Battery rewatch. So I don't have a lot. All right, well, just let me, can I rifle through some? Sure, rifle them off, Doc. All right, uh, I hope I'm saying his last name correct. Uh, Aunt Timpson's Come to Daddy. Have mm-hmm. you heard of this? Yes. With Elisha Wood? Uh, I strongly encourage you to check this one out, Doc. Really? Um, yes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to do the same thing I did with The Headhunter, where I'm going to kind of dip my toe in, in spoiler territory just so I can reel you in with the hook. Okay. Uh, Come to Daddy is uh elijah wood and his estranged uh he hasn't his father's been out of his life for his for the last 30 years Uh, he receives a letter from his father to come and visit his home and his home is like in the middle of fucking nowhere in these like woods uh when the film opens you see that um elijah wood has a map and he's like having to walk through this forest to find the father's home so when he gets there his father's just like a fucking jerk his father's just like a fucking asshole and Elijah Wood keeps asking him, like, why did you ask me, uh, you know, to come fucking visit you after all this time if you're just going to be uh, a dick to me? So uh, after a course of a few days, Elijah Wood's father dies. And you learn that there's some mix up with the morgue that they can't take the body. So Elijah Wood is forced uh, in this house to stay with the dead body of his father. And he starts hearing weird noises. Um, and he doesn't know, is it his uh, father's dead body? Is it haunted? Or is he just starting to crack after uh, the um, confrontation that he's had with his father? Oh, that sounds fun, huh? And shit pops off. Um, it's excellent. Uh, there's fun uh, There's fun violence. There's just like these fun characters that you're along the, this ride with. Uh, I really, really liked Come to Daddy. Nice, stuff. Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, another recent one that I watched was Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space. Yeah, uh, how was, was it? With, huh? 
this is with uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, I've actually been super into HP Lovecraft recently. Uh, one of the games with gold last month was called The Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was surprisingly super into that. Uh, you play as this detective, this is set in the 1920s, uh, investigating the death of a family that turns out may have been uh, involved in a cult that worships uh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu, of course, is a evil, ancient being that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, came up with. Um, and so I've just kind of been revolving in this Lovecraft world. Uh, I played that game. I watched Color Out of Space. I rewatched uh, Dagon, uh, which I must say, R.I.P. Stuart Gordon. Yes. Um, and so I've just been really wrapped up in Lovecraft recently. I've even been reading some of his uh, short uh, stories. But let me get back to uh, the Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space is uh, this family, uh, a meteorite lands in their front yard. And this is also like kind of like this secluded forest area. And the meteorite slowly starts changing them and mutating things in their environment, such as like the animals. Uh, I think the reason I didn't like it was because I had expectations of the film that weren't met, which was fucked up on my part. I should have just let the film tell me its own story, but I thought I was getting like a, the thing monster movie. And it's not that, um, at all. Um, I guess it's like a cosmic horror film, but I'm afraid I wasn't too into it. Um, I'm gonna keep this ball going. That's that's disappointing. I I was going to say real quick. Um, Go ahead. You probably didn't see it, but I, I can't remember if it was Studio House Designs or Gutter Garbs, one of those companies that does horror long sleeves. Did you see they they announced a Lighthouse long sleeve where it's like a Lighthouse po- poster? But so then, good. But then the, the tentacles, yeah, the, the arm, the arm the long sleeves are are just tentacles. Dude, that so good. that is one of the coolest so shirts I've good. ever seen. And you know, having uh, you know, I I watched the Lighthouse prior to getting into this like. Lovecraft stint of mine, and now that I think about it, the lighthouse is very Lovecraftian. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I I watched Lars von Tier. I'm probably I probably mispronounced his name. The house that Jack built. So I've got it right next to me, right here in my room, and I have not ventured in yet. I have the director's cut Blu-ray. I watched the theatrical cut, unfortunately, because oh. that's what I that's what I got from Netflix. But apparently, it's just a five minute difference. I've got the director's uh, cut right here. Uh, I wanted to like this one. I'm just being a ball of negativity right now, and it bums me out. Um, so it is um, uh, Matt Dillon. Yes, uh, yes. He Uma Thurman. Is, correct. He is telling the five – so he's a serial killer. He's telling the five murders that he's committed to death or the Grim Reaper um, that defined him as a serial killer as he's being taken to hell. And there was almost parts that I almost kind of identified with, and I won't say what, but I'm sure when you see, you'll be like, oh, this is what Eric um, is talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it also kind of felt like it was just kind of like jerking its own dick a lot of the time. Well, that's Lars von Trier. Right. And there was a part of me that was like, I, I was like flip-flop between the film. I'm like, okay, I like what this is what this is saying, what this is getting at. And other times I was just like, can I hit the fast forward button? Uh, I didn't care too much for it. I was hoping for something a little bit more, uh, I guess, with the reputation it had earned of, like, remember, like, some theater had shown it without getting, like, the MPA's rating, and it was, like, fucking fine, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Uh, I was hoping for something a little bit more nastier. 
which is a perfect segue into the French serial killer film, The Golden Glove. Have you heard well, of this? No, but hang on real quick. Okay. Hey, uh, so so how was the um, how was the violence? Um, I didn't think it was anything crazy. I didn't think it was like like I wish I could. I wish I could see the unrated cut just to see like okay well what was the difference you know because the violence that was in the theatrical cut didn't seem that crazy the big one that got everybody involved was uh the pita stuff with the duck um oh god that that's awful because it was like against an animal right which which we should say it's obviously fake right so in case you don't know what we're talking about obviously this is a fake movie and this is fake violence but uh yeah something happens to a duck and i guess that was a huge huge deal uh, Peter was against the film and all that, but yeah, so it's not that bad, Eric. Like, I'm I didn't, surprised I, to hear that. I didn't think so. Like, um, like, like that, like that bugged me because I guess because it was an animal, but none, of, but none of the violence that happens with like a human in the film. Even the Uma Thurman me. stuff. Even the Uma Thurman stuff. Yeah. Wow. Okay. If anything, cool. that was kind of like funny. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can't wait to watch it. It's just that is one of those films that I bought, and you just have to be in that mood. Like, I can't. You can't just put on the house that Jack built. Right. Um. So, uh, the Golden Glove. Is so that. Also... So I'm sorry, Eric. One more time. That that was the house that Jack built by Lars von Trier. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and you know the reason I watched it was like for the hype. Yeah. No, that's why I bought it. And, you know, the hype train, uh, I guess, derailed for me. Well, I'll let you know when I watch the director's cut because I've got it. Yeah, definitely tell me if you thought the, the violence was shocking. Um, the Golden Glove is a film that I watched on Shudder. Um, it is uh, supposedly a true story of a serial killer uh, who would prey on lonely women in, I think, 70s France? This was more nasty. This was more disgusting, in my opinion than the house that Jack built. Like, it made me feel bad. And I kept thinking about a Serbian film. Really? Yeah. Just because of, like, how... And there was, like, like sex stuff that I thought was kind of um, a gross, for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, this was the more shocking of the two serial How did you watch it? That I recently watched. It's on Shudder. Okay. Um... Uh, last year, when John Waters put out his end of the year film list, this was on there. Okay, and and so that's how I learned of the Golden Glove. Uh, the Golden Glove is this real nasty, seedy bar that this serial killer frequents, uh, where he picks up uh, these lonely women. And this is French. This is a French film, and it's supposed to be about a French uh, serial killer. Huh. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know why I don't know about this. And, you know, like at the end of the film, they're showing like pictures of like the, you know, the actual serial killer, you know, like, yeah, compared to like the actor that they got, you know, how they made him up. Um, This is and this is like a movie like I wouldn't be interested in watching again just because of kind of like how nasty and down spirited it is. I don't know if mean spirited is the right word, but like it left me feeling bummed out. Hmm. Should I watch it? Uh, I would almost say watch this and the house that Jack built when you got some time. Okay. Just because they're both two supposed to be nasty serial killer films. Gotcha. Uh, and then I'm just going to go with two more and then I'll be done. I finally watched pet cemetery two for the first time. Oh, wow. I'm sure you loved it. 
I yeah, I really did. No, I, I, I love I love that movie. I would almost say I liked it more than last year's remake. Yeah, no, you um, should. That that movie's amazing, dude. Yeah, like I I can't believe I slept on it so long, and the reason I obviously watched it was because of uh, Edward Furlong. Yeah, it's your boy. Uh, I love Edward Furlong uh, so so much. Dumb fucking story. I follow him on Instagram, and his last post was that he started playing the new Doom, and I was like, that's great. I love that Edward Furlong plays video games. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, so it's the same concept of uh, the original film, uh, or should we say book? Um, but I was just, I was super into it. I, I really liked it. It had such a, I love that it takes place, you know, in the, in, in uh, the autumn. You know, I love that there's a Halloween night uh, sequence. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I love that movie, dude, for sure. And I almost want that new Screen Factory Blu-ray just because there's an interview with Edward Furlong on it. Um, I just love the, the stepdad. Uh, oh, he's crazy. What's yeah. his name in real life? I can't uh, remember his fucking name. Yeah, and then like I was surprised with like certain characters' deaths. Like, like I didn't think they would kill off some of these like what I thought was uh, main characters. I want to say he's Bud the Chud. Nuh-uh. <sighs> Really, know. I'm looking at Chud too right now on my in my Blu-ray stack, but I I almost want to say that's him. I don't know. They're very similar look looks. And uh, the last film I got on here is Joe Lynch's Mayhem. Um and I specifically chose to rewatch this film because it's a viral outbreak film. Yep. And I've and I've talked uh, Mayhem before S- on the Sam podcast. Sam Weaving, Samara Weaving, right? And um, help me out about who's the main dude? Stephen Young. You are correct. Um, I remember being very lukewarm on this film the first time I watched it. And for whatever reason, this second viewing, it just fucking snapped. It's a fucking fast-paced, hilarious, violent-ass film. It's about a virus that causes people to lose their inhibitions. Whether it's what you're going to say to someone or how you're going to act towards them physically. Um, the setting is a corporate high-rise office, uh, a lawyer, a, a lawyer, lawyer firm, and Stephen Yun has just been fired. And this virus outbreaks uh, occurs, and he decides to go all the way to the top to uh, talk about why he was fired. But of course, there's a ton of violence uh, along the way. I really, really liked it a second time. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember when we reviewed it. One of the reasons I never saw it was you were kind of lukewarm on it. I'm not too sure why why it connected with me this time, but I was super super into it. It was it's a fun film. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I've got, I mean, you know, obviously we're kind of winding down here. Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched the battery. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that um, when you rewatch, I talk about this a lot. When you rewatch a film that you thought was amazing, but you're you're almost afraid to rewatch it because how much you liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen the bat. I, I saw the battery about three times when it came out because I showed a couple friends, but that was in 2013. Uh, it's now 2020. Haven't seen it in a long time. Own the Blu-ray and decided I need to show it to my brother because he he just watched uh, After Midnight. Mm-hmm. Popped on the battery and it is just as amazing as 2013. Uh, I probably like it more. I love Jeremy Gardner. I fucking love the battery. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's even more lo-fi than I remembered. Uh, at times it almost looks like they shot it with an iPhone. Um, but it's so goddamn charming that you care about the characters cause they have a relationship that they build up. Uh, the dialogue is great. 
there's a lot of visual storytelling in that movie um dude the battery is amazing uh everyone knows this but my new revelation was it's as it's as amazing as i thought if not better um, um i haven't seen it in a minute but it's a film that i'd like to revisit yeah no i mean i'm exactly where you were at which was man i really hope it's as good as i remember and it is dude it's so good it's so good you know i've actually um, been thinking about this recently uh you know as you and our listeners probably know my favorite horror subgenre is zombies and now that we're in a fucking real life pandemic zombie films just aren't scary the idea yeah. that you have to be bit to uh transform or to you know become infected is simply not as scary as knowing that someone could just cough or sneeze in my presence and i'd be fucking you know sick yeah i've been telling everybody i i saw contagion in theater when it came out mm-hmm. when it was supposed to be steven soderbergh's last film i'm, I'm uh, too afraid to watch it no, i'm not gonna watch it. Do, do not watch contagion no, I'm not because going. i'm too scared i saw it in theater and it was one of the scariest movies that i've ever seen ever I believe it and uh, now it's obviously had a resurgence, and yeah, duh, like, do not watch Contagion because oh, you will no never, plan. you'll never touch anything. I'll ever probably again. become a fucking is it agoraphobic or agoraphobic, or you don't want to leave the agoraphobic. Do you remember that little thing I sent you? It's like a gag gift. It's called a cootie key. Nah, I'm fucking remember that. Cootie do you remember key? that? It, it's like a keychain that you carry around so you don't have to touch stuff. You can. It has a hook. <laughs> It has a hook on it, so you can open doors. You gave me that? <laughs> no, I sent it to you. On oh. And you said, fuck you, duh. Oh, that's um, okay. <laughs> I'll send it to you again. Okay. It's called, if anyone wants to look cootie it up, look key. up the cootie key. Uh, <laughs> well, what's stupid is, like, that thing is going to get dirty. And yeah. I'm carrying that around. That's correct. But but the thing is, is when you're a germ. well, I'm sorry, when you're German-verse, uh, you... Y- I mean, you deliver mail, da, yeah. for a living. Yeah. So, anyways, um, the only other thing I'm I have was that with I, Howard Hughes before his nails get long. That's right. Uh, I rewatched uh, Shaun of the Dead, and uh, we're not going to talk Shaun of the Dead for an extended period of time. But the Cornetto trilogy is amazing. Um, I fucking love Shaun of the Dead, Did and I rewatched see... it. I rewatched it before this pandemic. Did you see where Simon Pegg and Nick Frost they kind of played redid. on their characters? Yeah, for that little PSA they did. Yes, that was, that was awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. I like it, that the oh, goblin music was in it. I will say this: I it made me. I also rewatched Baby Driver recently. Oh, that's um, another film I've been wanting to rewatch. It made me so pumped. Like I feel like we're just we're not we're not worthy for uh, Edgar Wright, and he's doing a fucking Giallo inspired film. Yeah, this one year. night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Last night in Soho. And uh, da, I, I, we are not worthy of Edgar Wright directing more movies. Um, Baby Driver, The Disaster Artist, and Fury Road are just three films that have been running through my head recently that I want to revisit. All good, da. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it, da. I think okay. I think that's it, da. We. I, I hope so- this comes out good, da. Yeah, so everyone out what there... Are you gonna, made... What are you going to do about the other episode stopping? I can string them together. Okay, They'll be strung good. together. Okay, um, and so obviously, get ready. We're going to play some uh, messages that we received. Um, I just saw that we received a message from uh, a very special person, but I, I'll, I'll play that last. So listen to the very end. Uh, we just received a message from... I haven't heard it yet. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's... Uh, explosive so the last will you message, send it to me 
Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, but you'll hear some familiar faces. Uh, and then you'll hear one that uh, I'm sure no one will care about except uh, people that know who he is. Um, he may have said that he never wants to hear Ben Preslak on this podcast again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, we're going to play those. Thank you for sending those in, guys. I mean, we're just kind of short notice just kind of throwing this together. I hope that the audio was good enough. Um, uh, this is not – I, I want to be clear. This is not like the way forward for Ghoul Squad. We'll, we will go back to recording uh, really good sound. our mics. Right, our mics and all the audio and all the stuff. This is just the our COVID-19 lo-fi episode. Correct. Um, so we will be back. But uh, we just thought we'd – you know, Eric mentioned it, and I said, fuck it. Let's just record and get it out. Uh, and then, you know, people will have something to listen to. You know what gave me the idea? What? Uh, there's a skateboarding website called The Barracks. And right now they're having uh, skaters play games of skate against each other over FaceTime. Nice. And they're, they're uploading these games. And so I was like, oh, shit, can, can we just record like that? And then now we're here. Yeah, here we are. And um, again, I, I hope this was good enough. You know, I hope you couldn't hear my fan in the background right. or, uh, you know, but if you did, well, I mean, hey, you got to listen to Eric use the bathroom. So yeah. this episode has it all. Yeah. Uh, and also, thank you so much to Dana. I, I doubt he listens to this episode or this podcast at all. But uh, that was fun. It was fun having Dana on. Uh, I think that's it, man. I think that's all my pleasantries. Okay. Um, thank you for anything, listening, guys. Anything from you, Eric? Tell us where you can find us. Uh, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TeePublic, at Ghoul Squad FM. And now is when we'd be playing. Are you ready, Eric? Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. Yay, bye, me. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you back off. Goes you back up. Yeah, by in me. Said he's looking pretty good, and you got like. Okay. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. And now uh, we're actually going to play some of those messages. So again, stick around, listen to the messages. Thank you guys for sending them in. Thank you for listening, and uh, we love you. Everybody, stay safe out there. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see you next time on the Ghoul Squad. I'll talk to you soon, Doc. Goodbye. Later, Doc. What's up, Ghoul Squad fam? Uh, this is Christina, a.k.a. The Dream Warrior. Um, my personal recommendation for a quarantine movie would be It Comes at Night, mostly because it has to do with type of virus. I guess that's a spoiler, but the movie's been out for like three years, so I don't consider it a spoiler anymore. But I recommend that one because it's a creepy-ass setting. They're in the middle of nowhere, and they don't know who to trust. And they don't know what the hell's going on. So I think that would be a good one to watch. I'm sure a lot of you don't like that movie. But if you do watch it, let me know what you think about it. Hey guys, it's Shane, or as you like to call me, Mr. Shane Saw a Massacre. Coming to you from my car right now, which is one of the few places I feel safe with all this crazy pandemic shit going on. Ironically, I logged on to Twitter and I was going to tweet, I could really use a Ghoul Squad episode right now. And then I saw that you guys wanted a voice memo of some quarantine movie recommendations. So I figured I would just share a quick few that I watched recently. Um, Probably top two. Um, I know these are pretty much zombie films, but they just have that quarantine vibe to me. Uh, Would be definitely World War Z and Train to Busan. Uh, Train to Busan I saw only once the year that it came out. 
I remember it being one of my top films of that year and seeing it again for the second time. Holy shit. That is a really good zombie movie. Definitely, you know, top zombie genre films for sure. Uh, World War Z. I just love the whole, you know, Brad Pitt going into the WHO center and walking out with the vaccines and shit. Just awesome, awesome, awesome. One that I've seen recently uh, was called Viral, uh, kind of a more parasitic um, virus movie, but I um, was actually kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, it was also one of the earlier uh, Blumhouse movies, um, so I'd recommend checking that one out as well. Um, just some cool effects in that one and uh, kind of shows what can happen you know, when martial law gets put into effect. Um, and if you're just looking for a straight up, you know, virus pandemic, uh, I would recommend Contagion. Um, no zombies or, or crazy, you know, parasitic monsters involved, but uh, definitely kind of a more realistic approach to uh, what's going on nowadays. So, um, yeah, that would be uh, my recommendations right now. Hope everyone out there is being safe, washing their hands, keeping their distance. I think that's really going to be the best thing to uh, get past this is just people legitimately staying home. Uh, I can definitely speak for working in a pharmacy every day. Uh, there's still a lot of people out there that aren't taking it seriously. And I think if we're going to get past this and get through it, uh, people need to actually stay home and, and go out for only the necessities. So take care. Thanks for listening. And uh if shit does go crazy and zombies do outbreak, I think we've all seen enough movies to uh, band up together and survive this crazy shit. Back to you, Kigi and Eric. Hey, what up, ghoul squad? Recording this on the microphone in my truck, so hopefully it sounds good. If not, you know, I gave it my best shot. Anyway, you know, hopefully everybody out there is uh, being clean, washing their hands. It's a crazy time that we're living in. I can only assume what's going through E-Dog's head. Uh, anyway, things to watch during the quarantine. Um, well, I just watched that new uh, Netflix documentary series, Tiger King. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting. Could have been shorter, as most people are saying. I agree with that. Uh, also, the movie After Midnight. Watched that with Keegan. Uh, super good, fun time. Had a lot of laughs watching that one. Uh, also a very serious movie. Uh, and yeah, that's a good one. So I would say, you know, randomly throw those two out. Anyway, see you later. Peace out. Oh, yeah. I probably should have mentioned this is Ben, Keegan's brother. That's all I got. Thanks for your time. Goodbye. Hey guys, good to be back on the podcast again. Um, so my pick is Wreck, aka Record, a classic. Everyone knows this one. A news crew follows a group of firemen to investigate a house call, and you know that's the fun begins thereafter. Uh, there are a handful of sequels, remakes, none of which were as good as the original, but you just watch them anyway because. What else do you have going on? Um, so that's what I've been watching these past few days. All of those. 
Also, I want to touch on the elephant in the room and just say that I speak for most, if not all of your listeners, that once again, Ben should not be allowed back on the pod. I trust the judgment of Ghoul Squad to not allow this to happen. Not even once. But hey, thanks for having me back on. Uh, Take care. Move the back of the